Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to the Net Worth Podcast slash Periscope slash whatever this is. Anyway, <laughs> I'm Noops, and joining me as always, our good friend from the other side of the United States, Spread. He's coming off a long show with our friends from Run Pure. He was watching football. He was watching basketball. He doesn't really want to talk about the basketball because the Lakers are probably going to win the title or whatever. And uh, Jorge doesn't want to talk about the game either because the Lakers won and the Nuggets lost. So, Spread, how was the football game? Oh, pretty good. Uh, I actually really wasn't paying much attention. I had a lot of attention on the basketball and checking out this draw. So I'm excited to uh, to start breaking this down with you guys. Jorge, how you doing? Happy um, Thursday. It's not quite Friday yet. Well, it is, isn't it? It's 1230, so. Oh, God, you're right. For us, it, for him, it's not Friday. Friday. For us, it's I guess you're right. Technically, it's Friday. All right. Well, that's a, that's I had the Dolphins in my, uh, my little pub pool there on the season mm-hmm. long, so I went contrarian a bit. Because most people took Jacksonville, so I, I think I gained a point. I'm only two points off the lead through two weeks, so things are going well so far. All right, gentlemen, let's jump into tennis. We've got the French Open. We're on clay. We've just had a few weeks on clay, and all of a sudden it's time for a Grand Slam. We'll jump in the first quarter, Simona Halep's quarter. It's really um, just an easy walk for her, but let's go down through some of the names. Simona Halep, um, Jill Teichman, Cece Bellis, Bernarda Perez in there, Anna Samova, Yastremska, Jeannie Bouchard, uh, one of our favorites, Suwe Shea is in there, Vandrusova, Swiatek, Kanta, Coco Goff, Camilla Georgie, Shelby Rogers, Tomljanovic, and so, oh, no, sorry, did I go too far? No, I didn't. I'm sorry. I forget how big these quarters are. Look at all these people. <laughs> um, Zachary, Kuznetsova, Pavlyuchenkova, um, Puig, I'm seeing in here, and Kiki Burtons to round out a the first quarter, but as you start to look at it, for me, guys, it seems to be Simona Halep's tournament to lose, but when I start to look at the quarter specifically, even more importantly, as you start to break this tournament down, it's really tough for me to find anyone that's going to be able to beat her. Tormo in the first round is a cakewalk. Teichman is one of our favorite players on clay. My apologies to anyone that follows me and went and bet her like 500 to 1 them in the French Open. I still love that. I still do it again, but god damn it, she's going to play Halep in the second round. Um, maybe Anna Samova is there in the third. That seems to be it. But as you start to look at it, it's Halep's quarter to win. From an outright perspective, she is an overwhelming favorite. I think one of the bigger favorites we've seen in a long time in the WTA, plus 250 I'm seeing at Bovada. Um, it's just incredible and just really hard to bet her at that number. But as you start to look at it, there's really nobody again in the top half. Unless Vondrusova gets really hot. And even then, Halep does just about anything better than her. As you start to look at the bottom of the quarter, Kiki Burtons is somebody that maybe would have been competitive there, which I know is really tough for all of you guys to hear me say. Uh, But she's hurt. She's not playing very well. She retired at the end of her last match. And that's a really tough draw. So, um, gentlemen, what do you think? Spread, I'll start with you specifically. Is there anybody who might shock Halep here? Is there anybody in this first quarter worth betting from an outright perspective besides Simona Halep? Well, I like the young guns here um, in Sviantec and Vondrasova, but they play in the first round, so you're better off just taking who you think will win that match and going ahead and put the outright on them. Um, so that's what I think I'll do. I'll grab a little Sviantec at 33-1, to 1, and my idea is that I can hedge off it, um, even by the Hallett match if I need to. Um, so, I don't know. She's a young player. Clay, she's, uh, she's so much better on clay than any other surface, and you know, that's just the way it goes. So I'm liking Sviantec as a long shot here. Interesting. From an outright perspective, I'm looking through here at DraftKings slash Unibet. 
Um, she's 40 to one there. That looks like a decent number of Jorge. Anything else here from the first quarter you like? I mean, I, I will say that I got Simona Halep at bet three, six, five, either right at the end of the pandemic uh, pause or cause they shut these markets down early on the French open. Uh, once the restart happened, I got her at plus four fifty, So I'm really happy with that. Um, I'm not sure you Stremsker and Isimova are going to bother her too much. Uh, Teichman is one of those players where, you know, unfortunately for her, you know, younger, more inexperienced players with her own playing style of of get everything back. She just eats them alive. I'm happy with my Halep uh, future here. I'm not sure I really believe in either uh, Sviantec or Vondrasova. The fact, like, not only do they play each other, but they're both totally out of form. Like, even Vondrasova in Rome, I think she won, what, three matches? Mm-hmm. But... I think in two of the matches, in one of them, she saved 14 of 16 break points. And in another one, she saved nine of nine break points. Like she was probably outplayed in multiple matches and in, in the big moments, won everything. And you can make a case that that's just clutch, right? You can flip it around on me there, but um, I'm not convinced. I think this is Halep's quarter to lose. And as you mentioned, Kiki Barton's lost to Herzog in her first match back, although she was down five love. Almost made a run back to tie that set up uh, before losing uh, four and four. And then, of course, retired against Ostapenko in her last match. So I'm not entirely convinced that she'll be competitive. I think this is a great quarter for Simona Halep. All right. I think that just about wraps up the first quarter again. Simona Halep at her outright price today. Congratulations to anybody that jumped in at four and a half to one, five to one, five and a yeah, half. Yeah, that's just great. Months earlier. Congratulations. Bravo to you. You can't bet her at the price that she has now. When quarter prices open up, feel free to parlay her to win the quarter with some goofy stuff. That'll be a fun number. Um, now, Jorge, why don't you jump into the second quarter and start that for us? And now in that quarter, we've got Svitolina, Alexandrova, Kontave, Garcia, Sasnovich, Buzkova, Kanepi, Mertens, Azarenka, Venus Williams. Actually, we have both Williams. We'll get to Serena in just a second. Putin, Seva, Stritseva, Stojanovic, Krejcikova, uh, Parankova, Serena Williams. Some, a lot of talent there in the second quarter, but I know there's one name that sticks out to you. Why don't you break down the second for us? Yeah, I like Elise Mertens a lot here at, I think, 25 to 1. I think that's available both at 365 and Unibet right now. Um, the tricky part about this is you look at this quarter and it's kind of disappointing the way it broke down. Look at the four seeds in the top eight with Svitolina, Alexandrova, Contivate, Mertens, right? So you have Contivate, Mertens, Bertens, uh, both relatively in form, uh, both adept on the clay. You've got Svitolina, who actually enjoys the slower clay uh, for her game style. Then you look at the bottom half of this quarter, and you've got Vika, Putinseva, Strichkova, and Serena. Serena has not looked good since the restart. I, I maintain that Victoria Azarenka has had one of the luckiest runs you will see in tennis um, from Cincinnati through the U.S. Open, and I don't believe at all uh, in her to win this tournament, especially at 13 or 12 to one, I think. So that's an easy fade for me. Uh, the bottom half of this, uh, the sorry, the bottom, the, this second eighth of this quarter is probably where if you like someone um, at a high price, that's a non-seed, that's probably where you want to attack. Uh, but I think that Elise Mertens here at 25 to one is still value, despite the fact that she's got uh, the tougher earlier round matches. She's been in form. She's won a lot of matches since the restart. Uh, she's a quality player, and you know, as much as she's improved on hard courts, 
if you remember a couple of years back at those smaller international events, it was the clay where she really built uh, her breakout and, and built her rankings up uh, in terms of points. So I think this is a, a great chance for Elise Mertens uh, to come through the, the quarter. Uh, we talked a little bit before the show that, uh, you know, being in Halep's half is actually probably the, the toughest part for her here in, in betting her. But if she does get through to that semifinal and you're sitting on a 25 to one ticket, I'm more than happy with, you know, holding Halep four and a half to one and then potentially 25 to one on Mertens with a, with a guaranteed finalist in there. I, I have no issue with that at all. Makes a lot of sense to me. I like Mertens there. I think that's an attackable part of the quarters. We start to go through that. There's a couple other prices in the other half where you get to wait to see Halep until the finals. And I like just a little better than Mertens at 25 to one. I was hoping for something maybe a little closer to 30 there. I can see that we've lost spread for just a second. I'm sure that he will pop back up here and join us, but we will continue to move onward there. Spread, you're back. Can you yeah, I'm back. Uh, looks like oh, the green screen's weird. too much for me, that's so I just took it off. Too much to me. All right, yeah. So sorry, folks. Sorry to break down that fourth wall. Let you know that in fact we don't have that budget. <laughs> We're not spending spread across the world. <laughs> he is not taking that outrageous travel risk. And <laughs> to be honest, we didn't tell Jorge either, as you can see uh, see now. So. Sorry, I knew they wouldn't let you in another country, Americans. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so we're starting to wrap up the second quarter here. I thought Jorge did a good job of breaking down that section for Mertens. As you start to look in the second half, it's so hard to bet on Azarenka and Serena Williams. Like you said, they're both 12th to run. We know Serena Williams was hurt last time we saw her. She withdrew from the last tournament she's in. She's on her worst service possible, and she's 12 to 1. Please. Please, please, please don't bet any money on Serena Williams. It's a tough draw for her. It's a lot of players that she's going to face. They're going to make her work that are just going to just physically it's too tough. Now, like you said, Jorge, I'm not going to talk anybody out of betting on Victoria Azarenka because I just love people that like betting on red when it's hit 12 times in a row because it just (laughs) seems like where we are at this point. It's just she's playing unbelievable tennis. She absolutely deserves to win all these matches, but I don't know if anybody could reasonably explain to me or or say, you know, I looked at this and it just makes sense that she just would win like 14 out of 15 matches or something outrageous, whatever she's done here. So it's just really tough. And then you start to think about Clay. As you start to look at that second quarter again, I think Mertens is a good look, but I'd like a little better price there. Was there anything you saw in the second quarter spread that you liked? Yeah, I mean, I think Jorge is right in the top part of it being so much more more tough. Um, obviously, Contavite can redline and get hot. Um you know, Svitolina, we can't really count her out because we know that she is going to beat the players that she's supposed to beat. And then she just needs to get hot against the top players, which she's had problems with. Um, but I think that until she gets to possibly the quarterfinals, I think the draw sets up nice for Svitolina. Um, but overall, I like uh, Jorge's Mertens look the best, so I'll be joining him there. All right, gentlemen, let's jump into the third quarter. As we start to look at that, we've got Arena, the Amazonian warrior princess, Sabalenka, although she's on clay, so probably not going to be doing much there. Jessica <laughs> Pagula, Daria Kasatkina, if she's healthy. Um, Zarina Dias, Owns Jabor, Jennifer Brady, Danielle Rose Collins, Victoria Kuzmova, Pushkova, the Lessers, the Dancic, so we know who Jorge is going to like. Uh, Muguruza, Rybakina, Farrow, 
Um, Teague is in there. Mahova Vekic, uh, Van Udfank, Peterson. Shout out to our buddy Snice there. Um, it's really the only reason I mentioned her. Uh, and Ken in there to round out the quarter. The only name that stuck out to me here was in the bottom section, Rybakina. I think this bottom section is really attackable. You've got Mahova there. You've got Rybakina. Um, some people like Mahova. I tend to be on the Rybakina side. I think that some of her numbers on clay look a little better. I think her form recently is a little bit better. But as you start to look at the bottom section there, you've got Kenan, who hasn't played well, frankly. I know that I've talked a lot about her. And apologies to anybody, but I've just had a terrible read on her and she just seems to be way out of form. So I was looking at Rybakina, 25 to one to win the tournament. But Jorge, what do you see here in the third quarter? Well, I mean, if there's an attackable quarter for a long shot price, this is the one, right? I mean, forget clay. Sabalenka has been pretty bad overall, even on the hard court since the restart. So I have no problem opposing her. Kasatkina is who knows what's going on with her. She's up and down, mainly down since the restart. Uh, you know, now Habino's in this section. Uh, Diaz, I think Own Shabor is a great look here at 100 to one. Um, you know she's got to play Diaz than either Habino in a qualifier. And let's face it, it's more likely any qualifier gives her trouble than now Habino. Uh, and then like you know Sabalenka, Kasatkina, Pagula, or Harmony Tan, they don't scare me when it comes to Own Shabor's ability to uh, slice and dice on slow clay. Uh, I don't think anyone there is remotely scary. And then you move, you keep moving down this, the, the third quarter. Jennifer Brady on clay, two qualifiers. Danielle Collins, uh, Kuzmova, Christina Pliskova. Uh, Zidancic is one that I will be on in the first round. I'm sorry. I'm seeing plus 785s. We'll get to it. I don't care that she's playing Garbina right now. Uh, Garbina's best run from the restart. She was very shaky and probably should have lost multiple of her matches that she won. Um so you get to this the, the bottom eighth, and again, I don't mind the Rybakina look at all. Rybakina and Mahova are probably both worthy of looks um, at their prices, especially Mahova. I think she's sixty six to one. Uh, you know, Kirstea Farrow hasn't played a match. I don't think since uh, winning was it Palermo. We won that outright on that forty to one with her. Mm-hmm. Uh, Heather Watson is no threat. Uh, Vogel is no threat. Patricia Teague could be a little bit uh, of a concern, but Vekic has not looked good. Qualifier Van Utvank is not good on clay. Peterson has just been terrible so far. Uh, Babos and Bogdan are concerns. Samsonova's out of form, and Kennan is all out of whack. So, I mean, you you go down this quarter, and it is so attackable. There's so many players that either are not great on clay or are out of form, or both, right? You've got players like Brady in form but not great on clay. You've got players like Sabalenka out of form and bad on clay. It's just a very attackable quarter, and I think you've got to watch for Mahova, where I think the injury concerns are a bit overblown. Uh, Rybakina and um, Onjabur, I think, are all worthy of looks in this quarter uh, from an outright perspective. And I think all of them could win the quarter, and those would be my preferred markets if we could get them. But right now, uh, this is the slowest Grand Slam I've seen outrights for. Uh, we had them about noon Eastern time today, and we still don't have any uh, any to win the quarter market. So uh, they're trickling out. Uh, but I think those three to win the quarter when they come out, I'd like to see their prices, but their outright prices uh, do look nice right now. All right. So give me that list again real quick. We have Rybakina 25 to 1, Mahova 66 to 1. Any other outrights you like there? Jabour 100 to 1. 
Jabor, 100 to 1. Let me make sure I get that one down. Spread, anything else in this quarter? I assume you're jumping on board for Jabor. Yeah, I am. But I also wanted to point out that while Jorge is right, the plus 785 is value on Zidanezic. This is a pretty nice draw for Garbine, right? Garbine was starting to pick it up uh, in Rome, showed some flashes of her old form. Uh, obviously, Zidanezic is, is good on clay, but I think that Garbine, when she plays her best, can win. And then look at who she might face. Um, you know, she should do well against Pliskova or Kuzmova. Then most likely she'll get an American that, like, we don't grow up on clay. We're not good at it. So Collins, Brady, or, you know, some magical qualifier. And then, um, you know, she's on her way to the quarterfinals. So I think that this is a very favorable draw for Garbine, um, even though the value is not going to be there on her price. Outside of the first round, I would agree. Yeah, I think she said that first round might be one of her tougher matches. Uh, but I still think I'd, I'd rather I want to attack some of those really high prices in this quarter. No, I agree because and if any player, right, Garbine is also likely to just show up and lay an egg, right, and not even you know what do we say, Muga ruthless or Mugu useless, right? <laughs> so Muga useless shows up, you have all this value on all these other players. So. All right, let's jump into the fourth quarter. Spread while you're hot. Keep going. Tell us why Madison Keys is going to win the French Open. <laughs> She's not going to win the French Open, but I'm seeing a nice semifinal run for her again here. Grand Slam Keys. We know she loves to rise to the occasion. Maddie's. Even though, yeah, Maddie. Oh, there we go. Maddie Slam, I love it. Um, but, you know, even though we don't think that her game is meant for clay, she can even hit through these players uh, even on clay. I mean, that's how much power she can dial up with her forehand. Um, I, you know, obviously I think that some of you guys like Zhang in the first round, but once again, it's a value play. I think if we're picking 50, 50, you guys are with me here on keys. Um, I like getting a French woman there in the second round. Um, Yvonne will give her problems if it's Yvonne. Um, but I mean, I like her against Kerber, Roos or Burrell there. And then, um, you know, what are we looking at? Maybe a, a Kvitova, a Huracog, a Fernandez. I mean, these are all winnable matches for Madison keys. Who's coming in with no pressure traditionally does well on the clay and does well in grand slam. So I think that when the price for the quarters come out, I'm going to be looking at a Madison keys to win this quarter. That's pretty interesting. The name that stuck out here to me was Petra Kvitova. I think that she mm. has a really nice draw here. Now there are a couple players early on that are going to make her work, but I actually think that's good. I think she needs maybe a match or two to kind of build herself into some form. But I think frankly, she has the power, the skill, and the serve to work her way through Dodan and, and through Balsova or Paolini there to get into the third round. And then maybe she faces Herzog, somebody like that, maybe Fernandez even. And then she's looking at maybe Yuvon, who's probably a little too young and not quite ready for that moment. I just really like her draw here. And as I'm starting to look at some of her odds, I'm seeing, I think, 24 to 1 was the best price I saw on her earlier. I'm just trying to double check that right now. Um, yeah, 22 to one actually now. So she's taking a little bit of money. There were some 24s earlier, even at 22 to one. I think this draw sets up really nice for her. Once quarter price is open, I'm going to be looking to bet her to win the quarter. Um, Jorge, what are you seeing here? What do you like in the bottom? I just think there's a lot of young players and she might hit through or, or dominate a few of them, but I mean, Paulini could be a, a, a tough spot. And then, you know, Herzog or Fernandez could be a tough spot. Then Yuvon could be a tough spot. I mean, it only takes one of those, you know, players that are adept on clay to really step up uh, on their day and beat her. Uh, I'm not saying all three have a great shot at beating her, but I do think that one of them, um, you know, on, you know, on their best 
could could really trouble her. So I, I, I'm not huge on Petra here. Um, I do think in the bottom half of this quarter, though, players like Mardich and Pliskova have beautiful draws. I think Veronica Kudermatova is 600 to one at bet three six five, and that that bottom eight is. You know, it's not looking the best. Currently, Pliskova retired for the first time in her career in her last tournament. Um, and then it's Mardich and essentially Kudermatova. Kudermatova has what I consider a walkover. And we'll get into this in individual match prices uh, because the books don't believe it's a walkover, but it, they've priced it totally wrong uh, against Parmentier. But if she can get by Mardich, I think you should honestly take Mardich and Kudermatova here because outside of that, I mean, the next little segment. Sigmund Miladinovic, Gerges, and Risk. None of those are threatening at the moment. And then it's Stevens, Diachenko, Kozlova, Bedosa, Ostapenko, Brangel, Qualifier, Pliskova. This is very attackable. Take the six hundred to one on Kudermatova, and take a, a nice Martich price, and you're, you're. I think you've got a very good chance of getting to the semifinals. Yeah, Marich is 60 to 1 is the best price I'm seeing there. There's also some 50s floating around. I like what you're seeing there. It's always it's always difficult, unfortunate, to have to bet two players are going to have to face each other. Now, if you're someone that has access to books that have live odds open while things are going, maybe wait on the Marich, Kuder, Matova. But even at 60 to 1 and 600 to 1, I'm happy to sprinkle a little there and just take that risk early, knowing that the two are probably going to play. Um, spread, was there anything else you liked in, I'm sorry, actually you touched on the fourth quarter. All right, gentlemen, I think that was actually everything. Anything um, from any of you guys from an outright perspective um, before I do a quick recap here? No, I think we got it all. All right, so looking through here, spread is looking at Schweitek. 40 to 1 was the best price I found there. Jorge likes Mertens 25 to 1. Jorge and I like Rybakina 25 to 1. Mahova, 66 to 1. Again, Jorge and I like that one. Jabor, Jorge and Spread are going to be on Jabor, 100 to 1. Kavitova, 22 to 1 for me. Kudermatova, 600 to 1 for Jorge and I. And Martich for 60 to 1 for Jorge and I. You know, change your stakes, of course. You don't want to be betting the same amount of money here. Obviously, on the 600 to 1 and the 100 to 1, and even the 60s and 50s. Go for some small numbers there. I think maybe the biggest unit unit we'll have down is maybe half a unit at some of the prices we took. Does that sound about right, guys? Yep. All right, gentlemen, let's blast through some first round matchups. Looking at odds portal, the first match up here. Kirsty on playing Serena Williams. Serena Williams minus 1429. I'm not going to even try to do the decimal conversion there. I assume it's basically one um, against Kirsty on plus 815. It would be really nice to fade Serena here, knowing what shape she might be in. But Kirsty on is maybe not the player to do that. Um, any of you guys have any strong feelings in this one? Didn't they play in the first round of the U.S. Open? They did. It's actually the last match Kirsty on played. Yeah. So I don't see Was it competitive or no? any different. No, not really. I think the first set was competitive, and then she, she ran away. But it was, I think, Serena too well. As a rank of minus eight thirty three against Kavinich plus five forty two. Kavinich is a good clay player, but I don't know if this is the time or place to fade as a Jorge, you're 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 doing a lot there. Talk to us. What are you thinking? How are you feeling? I want to, but I can't. I I, I even it even at six point five odds, I can't fade her here. Although it's like. With a competent clay quarter, I would love to, but you know, not yet. I'm going to be patient. Not yet. Spread anything, Dad? 
No, I mean, I think you stay away from this one too. Babosh Bogdan, Bogdan minus 270, <laughs> um, pretty close to 1.33, I think. Babosh plus 216 or 3.16. I got nothing here. How about you guys? I was hoping for something better on on Bogdan, but she has not. Has she played? I think she's played two or three matches since the restart. Eh, I mean, she should dominate, but I haven't seen enough to actually, uh, you know, evaluate her at 1.2 or one point. You know, two five where you'd find a little bit of value on potentially a spread. So I think it's a pass. All right, let's keep going forward then. Um, match I've actually already bet. Uh, Begu plus one twenty against Teichman minus one forty seven. So we're looking at like a one point six eight or so. I was lucky enough to get Teichman minus one thirty two when it opened. Jorge, I think you actually already have a position here. Um, did you grab the money line, or do you already have some spreads or some alternates there? Now, Pinnacle's waiting. They're waiting and waiting for the money line markets to uh, to settle before they release spreads. So, uh, Teichman died before I could uh, get to a number I like, but I will be on the Teichman spread um, unless it you know unless it dives down to a dollar fifty. But I think it's still in the dollar sixty to dollar sixty seven range. So, uh, if it stays there, I will still be uh, attacking spreads and potentially set spreads. I think a two nothing here is a decent look. Especially if, if it's around a dollar sixty-five to seventy, um, I think that your set spread is going to be well over plus money, and that'll be a good look. Yeah, I'm looking right now. Bet online actually has spreads up, so I'm seeing minus two and a half games, minus one ten or one point nine. What do you think about that? Say that again. Sorry, how many? Minus two and a half games. Minus two minus and a half. Minus one ten. Minus one eleven, technically. So what's that? A dollar ninety dollars. So that's twenty three cents for five half games without crossing a key number. Is yeah, that's almost five cents per half game, and you're not going through any key numbers. So it's about right um, in terms of the correlation, which means yeah, I think there's value on one sixty seven. I think there's value on that spread then. Yeah, I think what I'm actually going to do is just wait maybe for some alternates if I can get minus three at, at plus money or two point right. and that's that a critical way to do it. And like you said, the 2-0 might be a little bit better there. Spread, any other thoughts on this match? So you guys aren't worried about Begu playing not that bad in Rome? Well, that, that's why it's not going to be a, like a max bet for me. Okay. I mean, if, if it weren't for Begu's form, uh, then again, like it's always, the, it's always a, a, a double-edged sword. We wouldn't have this price if it weren't for Begu's form, right? Good point. Um, so, but I mean, it's also not a max bet because of that. And she cruised through a lot of those qualifying matches and early round matches. I think I faded her twice and got burned. So, uh, but this is a different opponent uh, from, I think, anyone she played there. So I'm willing to to stick with Tykeman, at least for a unit, likely a unit and a half. Um, I haven't, again, I Pinnacle's been so late. Uh, I was trying to work through the outrights that, you know, I'll, I'm going to have to do those in the morning with the spreads because they just, they release them far too late. Yeah, it's tough for me to to not back Teichman, really. I, I don't know what Begu does better necessarily than Teichman when you start to look at their games. It's not like Begu's going to grind, overgrind Teichman in this. No, it's so, a first serve. Her first serve percentage is going to be have to be very elevated uh, to really trouble uh, Jill. Makes sense to me. All right, CC Bellis plus one twenty five against Bernardo Pera minus one fifty four. Uh, so two point two five. We're looking at like one point six six. Actually, one point six five. I think is actually what that is. What do you guys think? I don't really have much data on Bellis. So I know a lot of people who are trying to model these matches based on stats. 
don't really have much to do with Bellis. I know the two of you are, are maybe better students of the game. I'll start with you, Spread. What have you seen in CeCe Bellis's game? What do you think of her on clay? You know, she hasn't really played on clay at a WTA level since I think like 2017. Yeah. I mean, you guys know I love CeCe, but she hasn't played since the U.S. Open. She was all right there, but obviously what we're looking at is more potential than actual form right now. And then you go look at Para, who has played on clay, but not very well. So it doesn't seem like a match I want to get involved with. What do you guys think? Uh, I couldn't agree more. I think that uh, Para is one of those players who is probably a little bit more in form, has looked better since the restart, but has also had a ton of trouble closing out matches. Um, like, I mean, she had Serena on the ropes and couldn't close it out. And then, you know, a few matches later, she'd have someone, you know, that's hundredth ranked in the world in the same position and still couldn't close it out. So, um, I think she tightens up. She has a lot of problems closing up matches when it gets to a third set after she's won the first, uh, you know, she generally doesn't win. Um, CC's that grinding kind of player, but we haven't seen her on clay. We haven't seen much form. It's, there's a, too many unknowns, I think, to bet this match. Yeah, when you start to look at the market movement, um, Paris taking a little bit of money, but not a lot. So um, I don't think that there's anyone that it really has a strong feel in this match. So we'll jump forward to the next match, which I think we're actually on opposite sides here, Jorge. Yeah. <laughs> now, the current price is Balsova minus 120, Paolini plus 100. I got Balsova minus 105 when she opened. Um, when I start to look again at some data, when I start to look at recent stuff, I just think Balsova is a little better player. So when it opened pretty close to even, I was happy to take her at that price. Jorge, I know you feel differently, but maybe the price made you feel differently. Break it down for us. Uh, the price actually, I, I like Paulini around the, the pick mark. Um, didn't take it right away because, you know, I'm evaluating 100, about 100 matches before the qualifiers get placed. So I'm looking at prices. I'm looking at odds portals tabs going along. I like Paulini. You know, I pulled her tab up. I wanted to make sure it was correct. And by the time I got to her match to actually break it down, she was plus 104. And at that point... I didn't really think I needed to, to break it down much more. That is going to be a wager for me. Um, I, I just think Jasmine Paolini is a much, much better clay player than Aliona Bolsova. I think Bolsova is someone with a Spanish flag beside her name, but I think she actually prefers hard courts, uh, much in the way like a guy like Pablo Carreño Busta does. I think it's like, I'm not saying she's the, the female equivalent. She's not as talented, uh, but I think, She's competent on clay, but prefers hard courts, if that makes any sense. The concept carries over. I think when right. a lot of people think of Spanish players, they assume they should be really good on clay because that's what we're right. thinking of. When you think about her, when you think about somebody like PCB, they're actually better on hards versus clay. But they still, they're still they're good. Right, still exactly. good on clay, right? Competent, and so, we prefer it. And I think that, that the mistake the market made here was she's good on clay. She's a Spaniard. I don't think a lot of people necessarily know Jasmine Paolini, especially a lot of people who like to bet Grand Slams. There's a lot of casual bettors who uh, may not bet, you know, WT Internationals, Challenger level on the men's side, ATP 250s, uh, who may not know Jasmine Paolini as well. But I think, um, you know, she, she struggled a bit and she had an injury problem with the Kasatkina match in, I think, Palermo, despite the fact she won. Uh, and I think she's very competent on clay, and she's the better player overall uh, on the surface, especially on a slower surface. So, uh, yeah, I'll be on Paolini here for sure at plus money. Spread. Next up, we've got Maria Buzkova minus 159 against Kaya Kanepi plus 131. What do you think here? Any angles from you on this match? Dude, did you guys watch Kanepi at the U.S. Open? 
I don't Did know if I wanted her. There was it was a tie break first set, then a bagel second set, I believe, right? That's, I think it yeah. makes sense. I remember her maybe being competitive for a set. You're right, and then get blown up. Exactly right. Yeah. Seven six, she loses a tie break. Seven six eight, so eight six in the tie break, and then get bageled in the uh, second set. Mm-hmm. So, but the reason I brought that up was her physical fitness was so improved. Remember, she looked kind of big before. I mean, she looks like she has been in the gym conditioning. Now we didn't see it in the results because she obviously gassed out against Jabour, right? Or she yeah. got hurt in some way because honestly, I didn't. I didn't watch in the second once she got down the second break in the second set. But I was really impressed. I mean, she blew Siniakova off the court. I mean, it wasn't even close. And like I said, I was really impressed with the fitness. So for that reason, obviously, normally I would like Buskova here, but I'm going to stay away because uh, I think that her new her new fitness and her new physique could be a wild card that, that we're not putting into it here. Yeah, it's it's strange from a data perspective. I actually have some pretty good numbers from Kenepi. She's had some decent performances on clay, and we don't have much from Buzkova. What do you see in Jorge here, Jorge? Now, initially, I was a pass um, because I do believe they're both hardcore players, although Buzkova's game has picked up both on hardcourts, and I think from what I've seen this year, uh, she's taken a step forward on clay as well. And it makes sense because she's got that very consistent – uh, you know, not a huge power game, but I think, you know, she had the comfort on the hard courts and then the game might work well on clay courts, but you still need that comfort comfort on a surface, right? Uh, I think that's something people uh, overlook a lot of times, like Alex Dimenauer, his game should be great on clay. But if you're not comfortable on a surface, you don't know how to move or slide on it, 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 it can be a bit tougher. Uh, I think Buskov has really taken a step forward in that regard. Uh, and Kanepi is someone who probably also prefers because her game is power on hard courts. But I think she's had at some point success uh, in the past on the dirt. So it's an interesting match. I think at the initial prices I was going to pass, but Kanepi is taking some money here. And if, if Buzkova gets, I think she's about $1.67, which is somewhere in the minus 150 range, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but if she gets to like minus 140 at $1.71, which um, is about four cents away from where she is, it's going to get interesting. I might have to play uh, Buskova if it gets there, if Kanepi keeps taking money. Spread, did you hear it? Yeah, I did. We got a natural aboot. <laughs> I had to have it. Take a look again at Kanepi. I see some good numbers. She actually had a decent run at Roland Garros last year. <laughs> he gorgeous, who's not a great clay player, beat Zhang beat Kudermatova, and then lost in three sets to Martich. No shame in that run. Again, makes it all the way to the round of 16. Um, won a tournament in 2018 at a lower level, again, at 60K. So maybe that's some sort of warm-up thing. Again, made round of 16 at Charleston. Not that that's clay. It's technically clay. So I'm not getting into that. But she had some decent results in 2019. We've got to see her play here. Um, there's definitely a chance Kanepi could be good. So it doesn't surprise me she's taken money. Um, uh, does anybody have a side here, by the way? I mean, are we actually betting Kanepi or are we just... No, that's just my reason yeah. to stay away. Another another, another couple cents, and I'll be considering Buscom. Okay, Put it that way. Another, but it'll take more money to come in on Kanepi, which I don't know if it will, because she's already taken... She's already down about 12 cents from her initial uh, initial price. So. Serena Diaz, plus 328. Owns Jabor, minus 435. Owns a pretty heavy favorite. Does anybody have an angle or an opinion? How many games do I have to lie if I take Owns? <laughs> a lot. Let me see. Um, five. It's okay, a pretty juicy five. I don't have a five. Minus 20. Diaz is absolutely terrible on clay, though. 
Yeah, I mean, that's that's an interesting... The total it's one, is 19 and a half. 6-4, six, 6-3, six, you'd push the spread and, and win by the hook on the under. Yeah, I mean, they finally correlated it properly. A lot of times they, they, they fuck up the correlations there and they give you a free game on the under um, to risk it not going three. But uh, I don't know. I It's one of those matches where it feels like she should win by six or seven games. And if she wins by seven, you know, if you have it handicapped at 6-2, six, 6-3, six, it's clear value at five, minus five, right? It's, you've got two full games. But you also, if you've got a handicapped at six, you have no wiggle room because you can't land on a half game. It's it's one of those tricky ones where I think you pass, but I would agree with spread. Either here it's the, the minus games or pass. Hey, it's Jabor or pass. Put her in any parlays you want. She's going to win this match. There you go. There you go, yeah. Fernandez plus 106. I was lucky enough to get her at plus 116 against nice. Lynette minus 125. You know, again, we're looking at 2.06 there or 1.79, 1.78 maybe. Um, Jorge, any reason that people shouldn't keep betting Fernandez as a dog? No. Uh, there's still, I don't know how many cents of value, but she's, that, that price is still dozens of cents off. I agree. Um, even if you take the VIG into consideration, you've still got at least 15 cents of value to bet this. I got her plus 118, so it's already 12 cents down from there. Uh, but, you know, even 12 cents later, you know, you'd rather have the plus 118, but you've still got a lot of value here before this uh, runs out. I think Lynette has had a few matches where she's taken a decent player to three sets or she's improved a bit on clay. But, I mean, Layla is a lot like Felix. They're Canadians who we don't have much red clay here. I think in Toronto, I've only ever seen two clay courts, and they're at one of the, you know, ritzy private uh, country tennis clubs within the city. Uh, but somehow they both are good on it and prefer it, like they're more comfortable. And I don't like Lynette is not that type of player. Layla's extremely talented. She's extremely consistent. She's comfortable on the surface. She's got the surface edge over her opponent. I'm not sure. Uh, where the pricing here ever thought, like where the initial traders uh, thought that Lynette should have been a favorite and why the market didn't hammer Layla right away. I'm really confused as to, you know, whether it be the books or the market as to why this is still in plus money range. Um, but anyone watching right now should should go bet that immediately. Yeah, my thought is plus anything or greater than 2.0 makes a ton of sense, and I'm happy to bet that. Spread, are you jumping on board? Yep, I completely agree. We have consensus, people. Oh, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Fiona Farrow, minus 435, close to 1.25, a little less than that, plus 333 for Heather Watson. Um, I can't see any reason on earth you'd bet Heather Watson. Farrow spreads minus five. That looks pretty close to normal juice. The total is at 19.5. Anybody have a play here? No. What do you think? Is that a parlay piece, though? Can we put that in the same category as? Um, I mean, when, when did Farrell last play? Was it the was it the the, the outright that we won it on? Yeah, I, I, I think it might be right. I see. Yeah, she hasn't played since that Palermo final, but she beat Contivate in that final. Like, I, she looked great that tournament, but I mean, it's only three uh, weeks ago. Well, two weeks ago, three weeks ago. By the time I, I would have liked to see her play one more. Clay court tournament. Palermo, uh, Palermo was prior to 
No, that was prior to Cincy and the U.S. Open, I believe. Correct. Yeah, that was August 9th, my birthday. She won the uh, title. Oh, was that? So, I must have read that backwards. Been about a month and a half. Okay, so yeah, a pretty long break for her. All right, so we'll take her off. Not a parlay piece. The only good parlay piece we've got so far is Ohms Jabor. We'll see how we do as we go forward. Kirsten Flipkins, plus 445.4 against Yulia Putin. Save a minus 625, which makes her like 1.16, 1.15. Um, let me see what the spread looks like here. Um, Putin save a minus six is right around even. I actually don't mind that. The total's at 18 and a half. I have no interest in under there. I'd actually like the minus six um, if I was doing anything. But any plays for you guys there? No, but did you guys see the tweet from Flipkins that she was getting like yeah. way longer than everyone else to get her test results? So she had to be in uh, quarantine even longer. Yeah. Yeah. What did you guys think of that? Uh, she's had issues with, uh, she had issues at her last tournament or the, the US Open, I think, when she was either disqualified or something tested positive and she had to leave, but she couldn't get out of New York. Uh, she's had problems with COVID uh, protocols for weeks now so um she's also just her style's not going to bother yulia she's garbage on clay i honestly think even if 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 you can get like a 1.2 on this i think it should be closer to 1.1 i think yulia wins this 90 95 percent of the time i'm not even exaggerating uh this could be another uh, a potential piece of parlay right so we've got two parlay pieces Gasparian plus ten forty two. She's she's uh, ten to one, folks, to beat Elise Mertens, who's minus two thousand. Which I, I I wish I had done better prep because I, honest to God, can't remember the last time I saw minus two thousand the WTA level, let alone of a Grand Slam. Um, I'm not saying it's wrong, but my God, what a price there. Um, I actually don't even see a spread or total here at Bet Online, which has spreads and totals for just about everything else. Anything for you guys here? I, I don't even want to put this in a parlay at that price. No. I mean, and Gus Bryan's been hurt too, right? So it's like yeah, hurt, out of form. No. Nothing. If you have some, like I asked, this was a survivor contest for your brackets. Take Mertens, drag her all the way out. We yeah. talked about it in the outright preview. Much better ways to attack her than here. Um, and what would be a good first round match in just about any other year and any other surface? Julia Gorgas plus one thirty one against Allison Risk minus one fifty six spread. What do you think? How sad are you that, that they're here this year on this surface? You don't get to see them somewhere else. <laughs> I mean, Gorgas hasn't even won a match since February. I mean, she's just a risk. Risk won her last match at the U.S. Open. She no, you're right. She did. Maria. But, uh, yeah, I'm not getting involved in here. You know, I, I'm a big fan of Gorgas, but this is not her year. Jorge, anything to add? I want to bet. I've got her open on a tab. I want to bet Gorgas badly, but I don't think I'm going to be able to. Simona Halep minus sixteen sixty-seven <laughs> plus nine sixty-three against Tormo. So you know nine point six to one. So Martins is a bigger favorite than Halep. Yeah, I think it's mostly wow. because I mean Tormo. It's not a, the worst surface for her. Again, I rip on her every time. She's not hurt. She hasn't been hurt. Like, yeah, I know. Martin, it's just right? it's just crazy that Martins is the biggest favorite in this whole field. I think it makes sense given the opponent. Yeah. Anyway, how I'm seeing a spread of seven, a total of seven <laughs> and a half. Seven. They got six, that right. Six two, six three pushes. You're gonna need a bread. You're gonna need a carb set somewhere to cover that. You have yeah, to. Yeah, it's 
maybe you get weird with like a team total how up under 12 or under 12 and a half or something something goopy like that yeah um, um but even that's going to be juiced to hell. Yeah, it just, there's no way to attack that. Um, another big price here, Inglis plus 583, Alexandrova minus 833. It's not Ang- Alexandrova's surface, but she'll be just fine. Nothing to say about Inglis. I saw you both shake their heads, so we will move forward to Jeannie Bouchard minus 222, Kalinskaya plus 177. Kalinskaya's taken just a little bit of money. It was in the plus 180s earlier today. Jorge, what do you think about the winningest Canadian woman this year? Wow, sorry, I was stunned to silence there. Wait, we're talking about Layla Fernandez? I thought this was the Genie match. I know, Layla <laughs> has not made a final, just Genie. <laughs> oh, in that No, sense, Layla not... did make a final in Mexico, oh, she didn't did? she? Yeah, she lost to Heather yeah. Watson. That's yeah. right. well, that, was, that was before COVID. That was a different time. Oh, post-COVID winning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, this year. Okay. It seems like year. a new year. I don't know about you yeah. guys. I've reset my internal clock, apparently. Anyway, okay. I got um, Jorge to make a funny face. Go for it. <laughs> uh, even more impressive, you, you stunned me into silence. Um, yeah, that is impressive. Kalinskaya, I was, I honestly initially leaned uh, to the Russian here, but uh, her success was all on hard courts, and I even think I think that was misrepresented. She's not a clay court player. She doesn't have. Uh, she's even more erratic than Jeannie. Um, and initially, I was not going to um, play this. Or I was trying. I wanted to play Callan Sky initially. I think I might take Genie here, though. I think this could be a two nothing. Um, if this is four and a half games, I would rather play the two nothing, honestly. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think after some deliberation, uh, research, all the all that good stuff that goes into handicapping tennis, I, I went from the initial lean of Callan to saying, "Wow, I'm glad I didn't just you know bet it on a whim," because I think Genie's might be valued here, believe it or not. And y'all know how much I like betting on Genie. It's somewhere between zero and 1% uh, out of 100. Only a little more than you like betting on Venus. Now the spread uh, no, I four. bet Venus. I bet Venus more than I bet Genie this year. <laughs> how <laughs> fucked is that? I've seen a spread of four, pretty close to even. The total is 20 I, and a half. I, I actually like the, the over there. I think the 20 and a half over is funky, but you're right. I also don't like the mind the minus four. I think this could be like some sort of seven, five, six, three kind of thing where Jeannie covers the four, but you see a long match spread. What do you see here? How are you feeling? Yeah, so I agree. Like uh, originally that price jumps out to you and then you look in and you're like, I can't take Kellen Sky on clay against Jeannie, who's actually pretty competent on clay, even though Jorge mentioned there's only like two clay courts in the whole in the whole country. But um, what do you guys think overall about Jeannie's chances to maybe make a run here? Is it? I mean, is this set up for her to uh, to maybe work her way back into prominence? It is Win a couple turn- rounds. So when you start to look at the draw, she's got Kalinskaya first round. We'll get to Gavrilova Yastremska, but uh, spoiler alert: we don't we don't think that the favorite is safe there. So um, it's a perilous path, but just in the fact that she is consistent and she's able to kind of be herself no matter what against somebody even if your Stremska's there I mean if Jeannie just comes out and plays well she could just out not error her way through your Stremska then you look at Vondrasova maybe Schweitek's there hopefully Schweitek's there for you spread um not that I'm taking Jeannie in that match but maybe she could be competitive uh Jorge didn't outright laugh or spit out any of his drink so he thinks maybe yeah. that's not insane go ahead no she's not making a run no, so what I'd like to see is for Jeannie, 
when Yastremska takes her match time out to just pull out her phone and just blow up Instagram and see how many new followers you can get while Yastremska is taking her tactical match time out. So that's what I'm hoping for this French Open. I would love, I would love to see Jeannie drag Yastremska during a medical timeout, and then during Yastremska's <laughs> second medical timeout. You mean he is she drags, yeah. yeah, she drags Genie on Instagram. <laughs> Fuck, I am here for that. All the tactical. <laughs> I am here for that. Yeah. The Daria tactical Estremskas. Daria Kasatkina, assuming she's healthy. Uh, I mean, do you guys think she plays? Week, no, I don't. Um, I don't she's either. She's a tumble. She looks yeah. really bad. She's playing Harmony Tan. She's minus 667. Don't bet Tan. Uh, if anything, well, I, don't, I don't think the match here. What do yeah. you do with that match? I mean, you just pass. You have to. Right. I think you're going to refund it. I don't think she's even going to play. It's a good tape study match if Kasakina finishes to see if no. she finishes. That requires healthy. That or, requires or watching it. the match. Well, if she finishes, you need to at least go see if like she was healthy or just kind of like worked her way through. Tan's not somebody that's going to beat her if she's hurt. I mean, yeah. If she's healthy enough to tape, break her way through, study requires watching that match. Okay, maybe why would you ever do that? To <laughs> that tape study. Just like scroll through it quickly and see if she's moving already. Oh, at least okay. when it's like a five minute right. highlight package. All right. Oh my god. Okay, five minute highlight package. Okay, but why would you put yourself through that? God, god. it is far too late in the day for me to get harassed like this. Kerber. <laughs> Minus 101 against Yuvon, minus 118. We were really disappointed to not get a chance at Yuvon plus money. It doesn't seem like we are. I still would like to take Yuvon here, but this price feels just about right, given the unknown that is Kerber. Spread, what do you think? Have you seen anything from Kerber that leads you to believe she's going to be okay here? Um, should we just be taking Yuvon at any number? Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, at the number that you have right now, I think that Yuvon does present value. We know Kerber doesn't like Clay. She didn't look good against Siniakova, which isn't, like, the best sign. Because um, I watched that match, and Siniakova wasn't playing, like, fantastic. Kerber was just playing poorly. So I like Yuvon here uh, on a surface she's more comfortable on. So you like Yuvon. What do you think, Ori? Are you betting Yuvon, or is this a Yuvon or pass kind of situation? We've seen like three cents of movement. I really thought that like the casual public who would not be, uh, you know, as in tune with Kai Yuvon's game would would see Kerber at plus money in the first round of a Grand Slam and hammer it. But uh, it still hasn't happened. I mean, we have a couple days, you know, who knows? Let's see if we can get it there. But I mean, at this point, there's no point to go for it now. Either it's going to become a better price and you can bet it or it's not and just leave it alone. Um but it's. I don't think it's going to get worse. I don't think you're going to see money pouring in on Yuvon at this at, at this price. I agree. I'm going to wait for some spreads here. So I'm seeing minus one and a half plus one hundred, which I think we're going to get minus two and a half, like plus one twenty five, plus one thirty, something like that. We might even get minus three at like plus one fifty. I think something like that is going to be a lot more fun for me rather than taking this money line. But I think it's Yuvon or pass here. Moving forward, Contivate playing Garcia. Um, the second time, I think, in a few weeks. Um, Contivate minus 333. You skipped one, didn't you? Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. I did. Joe Conta minus 164. That <laughs> was not intentional, folks. I know sometimes I intentionally skip stuff. I assure you, <laughs> I skip uh, the opportunity to hear Jorge whine about Conta on clay. Um, minus one. That's why I wanted to hear this because I can't wait to hear my pick. Jorge, what do you think? How much money are you going to bet on Joe Conta against your favorite U.S. player, Coco Golf, on clay? Uh, price is about right. 
Fuck y'all. <laughs> I'm taking Kanta here. I think you do have to take Kanta. I think there's actually some value here. It's just really <laughs> tough because when you look at the history of Kanta, again, from anyone that's approaching this from a data or modeling perspective, literally everything that's happened before last year leads you to believe that you should just fade Kanta every time she's on clay. And then all of a sudden last year she just is... I don't know, one of the five to 10 best clay players on tennis for some reason. So you look at that and then you start to peel back to golf. Who's a young player has little to no experience on the surface, but again, it's Kanta like, you don't know what to do here. I would love to take Kanta. I'm sure I'm going to talk myself into some sort of Kanta, somebody parlay, but I shouldn't. So um, let's move on. Maybe I should have skipped this match spread. Kanta <laughs> on his 333 or 1.3 against Caroline Garcia plus 261. Caro in her home country of France. Hopefully her dad's not going to be there. What do you think, Fred? I think that price is too high. I'm not going to bet Caro, but wow. I think as much as I love Annette, this is a little too much respect. What do you guys think? No spread here. Bet online waiting to see the spread. I'm seeing a total of over 20 minus 102. I'm going to bet that. I'm going to hit the absolute crap out of that. That should be 21. Um, Over 20. What are you going to hit? Over 20? Over 20 minus 102 at Bet Online. I'm just going to check one more thing. Or, hey, why don't you talk for a second and, and try to talk me out of this if you can? And, Steve, this is great because you're going to try to talk me out of something right out of the way. I, I, got, I, got, I got nothing, gents. I got nothing on this. Um, I'm so tired of believing in Caroline fucking Garcia. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm you're done. not going to fly with Carol. All right, Steve, we're breaking down the Contivate Caroline Garcia match. And the number that seems horribly wrong to me, I just hit it for two units, was a total of 20. The match total, the total for the match in that is 20. And it's minus 102. So it's a cheap 20. Talk me out of a cheap 20 over there. I'll be right back, by, by the way, guys. I don't, think I, I don't think I can talk you out of that. By the way, guys. Joining us, oh wait, other side. Um, someday I'm going to get this. Right. Steve, our friend from Ace Previews, from the other side of planet Earth, um, joining us after having to deal with some stuff. Um, we're happy to have you here, and we'll get your thoughts in general and loop back at some point. But you can't talk me out of that. Come on. I don't think I can. But look, I have a I have a small soft spot for Caro after she beat Pliskova for me at the U.S. Open. So my tolerance for Garcia is probably a little bit higher than some of the, <laughs> some of the other people in this conversation. Um, no, I don't know. Look, it's, I need to have a little bit more of a, a look at it, but you know, if you, if you had to make me, you know, make a decision right now, I'd be going, I'd be taking that over with you. I like the sounds of that. What do you think about the match in general? Do you, I mean, do you think Garcia can win this? No. Maybe I mean, it's Contivite, right? So there's always a chance that she lays an egg. Well, there's a chance that Contivite could lose, right? But can you see Garcia winning as opposed okay, to Okay, that's a good question. That's a good way to frame if, it. If then. you will. I don't think so on recent form. But, look, I, I would have loved to have seen it with a full French crowd there, which obviously we're not going to see this year. I think that would have made a little bit of a difference. I think, you know, Caro's certainly found found an extra leg at times with, with the home crowd, and sometimes it's obviously worked against her from a pressure standpoint. But, look, I think she'll come out and will play quite freely as an underdog. She's got nothing to lose in this particular instance. But, look, I, I if I had to pick, I'd be going, I'd be taking the over as opposed to taking Caro to, to cause an upset on that one. 
All right, let's keep moving forward. We've got Kiki Burton's my nemesis. She's minus five and a half. Oh, wait, no, hold on. Sorry, I went on to a different thing. I got to circle back or it's going to confuse everybody. Yeah, our next one should be Core Patch. That's right, Core Patch, which it's hard for me to say that. I put the S in the wrong place. Core Patch against Anna Samova. Anna Samova minus 588. Uh, plus 428 for core patch. Let me look and see what the spread here is. Anna Samova, a cheap minus six. The total's at 18 and a half. Anybody have an angle here? You like the money line, the spread, anything? Bueller? I mean, I think the price is a little too high. What do you guys think? I mean, it has to be dog or pass, right? I mean, there is a little part of me that wants to sprinkle the dog based yeah. on Anna Samova's possible injury. But sorry, Steve, I cut you off. What are you thinking? Yeah, look, I'd go – I wouldn't be taking Anissa over at that price off what we've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, look, you know, Korpach, is a, she's a tricky one to kind of get a read on, and can, she certainly goes on kind of runs and bursts with with her play. But, look, if Anissa Mover turns up and crushes the ball – like, it's going to be on Anissa Mover's racket, but I don't think I could possibly take the odds that short, um, considering it's going to be a little bit heavier. The balls don't, aren't going to be as, you know – What's the word? You would call them active, vibrant. It's not, not going to be as much bounce on the court. Um, I think, you know, looking at that, I, I'd be going, yeah, core patch in some capacity, maybe to win a set. Um, but I, I wouldn't be taking an Anissa over at that price. Yeah. So what do you got? So we'll avoid Anisimova from a parlay perspective. We've got two decent pieces so far. We'll pass on that one. Um, next Jorge's up. Jorge's back if you want to check in with him. Did you have Jorge, a plan on that, Jorge? What do you got there? Uh, I just think that I agree with Steve. I think maybe looking at the over break uh, number there on the bet three six five exotic markets uh, is something I might I might be interested in. I think Corpatch might be able to break Anisimova, especially uh, you know in any game where Anisimova struck struggles to put a lot of her serves in, um, and Anisimova should be able to pounce on a lot of Corpatch serves uh, and break quite often. So I think if you can get an over the six and a half break uh, look there. Uh, I would take that, especially if you can get Corpatch to win three or four games a set and you have 20, 19 to 20 games in the match, uh, at least seven of them should be breaks. I think that's one of the, the matches you look at that for. So the, the total at 18 and a half, then it sounds like we lean over. Frankly, I don't think that anybody actually picked that, but it seems like all of us kind of like the over there. But what I would actually choose is maybe a first set over. I think Corpatch is competitive right away, or this is a blowout. So just take the first set over at 18.5. My guess is you're going to get a nice price on over 8.5 games. You might even get over 8 games and get a chance to push there on the hook. So that's going to be something I look at, but I don't think any of us have a play there. Bedosa minus 200 against Kozlova plus 164. Makes sense to me. You know, minus 200, 1.5, if you will, 2.64. Does anybody have an angle in the Bedosa Kozlova match? Yeah, I think that's short. I want to add her as my parlay piece with Jabor. What do you guys think? I'd be taking Bedosa. I'd be taking Bedosa on minus 3.5. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The spread. yeah. So Bedosa on the spread, 3.5. Steve, you like that. Jorge, you seem to not, I think. What do you think? Yeah, I think last year, I think Kozlova cost at least me, if not a lot of people, uh, plenty of money with her random clay outburst. I think she made, you know, the third round of Madrid as a qualifier. Um, You know, she qualified for a bunch of clay tournaments, but it's not her surface, despite the fact that her game is, you know, very pushy. 
Um, I do think Bedosa has the ability to play those longer points, but also has far more pop in her game to kind of dictate uh, pace. So I think the Bedosa is definitely worth a look um, on the spread. I also, I don't mind that. I mean, three and a half is, is a lot of games when you get one, 1.5 or minus 200. I don't hate that as the parlay piece either with, uh, with else their spread. All right. to the list. Go ahead, Steve. I think with it, like when you look at it, so off the top of my head, Madrid's kind of slightly higher altitude, isn't it? And it was probably warmer conditions. If we're looking at that and that run that she made there last year, and you, you fast forward it to where we're at now, French open, it's going to be, it's going to be cool. It's going to be heavy. I just don't see, I don't see her hanging around for, for long rallies here. I, I think it's going to be almost completely different conditions. And looking at it, I, yeah, looking at that minus 3.5, I can't see how that won't be a play in some capacity. I think, yeah, looking at, looking at what we're going to see here compared to previous French Opens, but also previous clay swings leading into the French Open. Yeah, I actually just bet three and a half minus 112 at Bet Online. I like that number a lot. All right, so we all like Bedoza. We'll circle back to her maybe from a parlay perspective once we're done building our little group. But just about everybody likes minus three and a half. Raise your hand if you don't like minus three and a half. <laughs> nobody? Nobody. All right, folks. Minus three and a half. We're all on board there for Bedoza. We like her money line and parlays. Maybe from a daily fantasy perspective, that's a good play. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Victoria Cosmova plus 169. Nice. Against Christina Pliskova, the lesser, minus 204. I think Pliskova is a, a, the right favorite here, but does anybody have an angle? Let me pull up some of the secondary lines. The total is 21. The spread is three and a half. Um, anybody have a bet or an angle here? Yeah, this is another one that's just way too short again. Like, why is this not minus 300? Like, what am I missing here? I agree. I think it's a good parlay piece. What do you think, Corey? Are we talking about Kuzmova? Pliskova. I'm taking Pliskova at minus two hundred. I'm, I'm thinking two dollars eighty on on Kuzmova. I think two dollars fifty was about right. Sixty forty. I mean that made sense to me. Uh, now two dollars eighty. Uh, bet hard as two dollars eighty five. Uh, I'm close to going with the underdog here. I like. Okay, cool. So what number do you need? What number I, would you need? What number uh, would you bet? Probably the two eighty five at bet hard looks about right. I think two eighty is probably. Uh, where the value starts and that that five cents uh, at Bet Hart is is looking pretty appealing, uh, but I got burned with her as an underdog against Van Utvank. I believe was it Istanbul. Um, that sounds right. Yeah, believe, yeah, it was Istanbul, and I was so confident. I was like, man, she's you know plus one twenty five, two dollars twenty five cents against Van Utvank on clay. And Kuzmova, remember, is like this when when she had that l- little run in twenty eighteen. It was really like she looked really adept on clay. She's got the big serve. She could really hit the forehand, but she's, you know, in that Central European, she's Slovakian. So in that Central European region where they came up on clay, so you're comfortable on it. You can hit through it. You've got a big game. And all that came together for her. And now it's like I, I keep remembering that year in my head. And it's just that has never been replicated. And I've got to, I've got to kind of separate those two. So I might wait for $3. If it gets to $3, I'll be on Kuzmo for sure. Uh, That's interesting. I, I think I, I may overvalue her personally. So it, it, that might be one of the biases I have to correct potentially. All right, Steve, what side are you on here? Whether you have an opinion or not, if you have to pick something, since we've got two of us that like Pliskova here and one of us that likes Kuzmova, where do you sit? I would rather my lockdown here to be extended another week than to get involved in this match. <laughs> I understand. I, 
I'm not going to bet the over, even though I really wanted to. They that's the thing. If I had to pick, I'd almost go over in some capacity. And look, again, it's a tricky one. Like, I, I don't think the conditions are going to suit either of them. Um, good luck to them. I won't be watching, but. <laughs> All right. We've got a little bit of a split there. Um, I won't add that to our list. We'll keep moving forward. Kuznetsova minus 141 against Pavlyuchenkova plus 115. Pavlyuchenkova is a really tough player for me to evaluate on clay. I'm surprised <laughs> she gets as much market support as she does. But, you know, Kuznetsova opened, actually, I think this opened pretty close to pick. She took money. So, and it seems to have settled right around this number. Does anybody have an angle here? Can anybody, frankly, explain to me why Pavlyuchenkova gets as much love as she does on clay? I don't understand why this isn't Kuznetsova by a bigger number. I think she was down to a dollar sixty-seven, um, which in stupid odds is I think minus one fifty, minus one fifty-five, somewhere in there. Pretty close. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I'll say that with a straight face, hundred times out of a hundred. But that still uh, makes me laugh. A dollar seventy-one. There was a bit of buyback for Pavlyuchenkova, which helps because again, Pinnacle likes to get cheeky. They released it dollar eighty-seven with no liquidity. So when they release it minus one fifteen. Uh, or a dollar eighty-seven. It was one of those things where it's like, oh, what a great price! But you're limited to one hundred thirty dollars. <laughs> like, I mean, you could hammer that for one hundred thirty dollars was all you could do, and then they would move it by eight nine cents. Uh, now you've got a bit more liquidity in the market, and you can get more money on it. I would, as as odd as it sounds, I would rather get a couple hundred bucks on you know minus two games than. 130 on a dollar 87 and then watch it just get knocked down and then people that chase steam uh follow your lead and and you you don't even get the two games um when they release the spread so oddly enough this is one of those situations where with a little more liquidity in the market i think that uh kuznetsova minus games here is an absolute must play she's looked really good on clay in the last couple weeks if i'm not mistaken hasn't she beaten some didn't she beat cultivate in the last Mm -hmm. I think Contivate beat Contivate, but <laughs> sure. I mean, that happens on the WTA, you know, 19,422 times a day, but uh, you know, it's, it's, it's still a win. I think she, she pushed Svitolina as well in that match. Um, and of course, I think she was part of that. One of those famous Bernardo Pera, I can't close out a match situations that we were talking about mm-hmm. um, like Serena. So, I do. I think Kuznetsova should win this in two, and I think she wins it by at least three games, if not four or five. Yeah, we're looking at minus one and a half, minus one eleven. So if we're going to sell out to two and a half, minus three, which we always advocate for, I think you'll get two and a half plus money. I think you'll get minus three at maybe plus one ten, plus one fifteen. That's another one that I've added to our parlay list. We've got some cheap ones and some expensive ones. I think we'll have a couple of nice parlays when we're done. So I'm going to add that to that list. But again, that's another one where it might look good to sell games. Anybody got anything to add there? I my only playing the devil's advocate would be Pavlyuchenkova just seems to be a different player at Grand Slams recently. I mean, well, it was a quarterfinal in the Australian Open playing poorly leading in, which is kind of the opposite to kind of a lot of her form over the last couple of years. You know, she's made the quarterfinal here before. I don't... It, I'm I'm just... I, I've, I've started to look more at the other side because Kuznetsova has burned me a couple of times over the last 18 months, I think, thinking... Her, you know, backing her off almost her name and, and former reputation, but look, it, it's another one that I'm not 
I don't think I'm going to confidently jump in at, but I, I don't think I don't think it'll be as one sided as, as perhaps you know some may suggest. Kovitova minus nine oh nine against Dodem plus five seventy six. Kovitova a pretty heavy favorite. Um, let me see the spread. I'm seeing it bet online. There is no spread or total in this match, so nothing there yet for me. Anybody have an angle here? I'm going to try to see what the spread might be at Unibet in the meantime. Is this an over spot with two big servers? It looks like it's sitting around the five at the moment. Um, yeah, look, potentially, if you if you can trust, can you trust Doden? I don't know. It's her last, you know, she did retire from her last match, so I'm not really sure what's going on there. I'd have yeah. to have a little bit more and, of a look into it. And I think as soon as you get past the first shot or two, um, like her serve and her first ball, she's not going to win almost any points, whether it's her return. And I think that's a concern. Like, she's going to have to win really quick cheap points uh, to try and, you know, and even if she wins two or three cheap points uh, in a game, in one of her service games, uh, unless she does it consecutively, then Kvitova is still going to be at 15-all, 30-all, you know, deuce. And she's going to find herself in a lot of sticky situations. So, uh, I, I mean, it kind of looks like an overspot on the – uh, on the surface, but I think it's one of those famous, another one of my favorite American betting sayings: trap spots. Uh, <laughs> it's not American. Everyone uses it, even Canadians. Relax. Okay, sorry. One of my least favorite betting sayings that used <laughs> all over the world, apparently: trap spot. So we won't be using Kavitova for parlays. I, I think that's what Jorge is trying to say. Um, sorry, Steve. Did I cut you off? No. No. Martich minus 588 against Doi. Taking a look here, Martich minus five and a half on the spread. The total's at 19. Seems just about right to me. I think Martich is actually a, a decent parlay piece, even at that number. It's hard for me to see her. It's hard for me to see her losing that match. What do you guys think? Anything to add? Under? Martich sometimes likes to make a meal out of the first set. That's the only reason I would stay away from that under. Okay. Um, I think it's lined pretty close to right. I would actually prefer Martich minus five and a half to the under 19. Mm-hmm. You lose on six three six four. If she comes out and takes care of business, this is six four six two. So go minus five and a half instead of under 19, in my opinion. Got it. Yeah, I'd probably agree with that. I think I was hoping that Doy would come up against someone who's really, you know, got that, you know, there's, there's a, a select few players who kind of have that killer instinct to be able to really, dominate and, and take control of a match and, and get it done quite quickly. And I just don't know if Martic, you know, it is a big handicap and I'd probably agree with that minus 5.5 that even covers, you know, a seven five six two type result as well. Exactly. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a ton of sense. Um, so let's keep moving forward here. Mikhail plus three twelve against Mahova minus 400. I think we all like Mahova to win this match, uh, but the spread's five. Now it's a cheap minus five on Mahova. The total's 20. This is actually one of the ones where maybe I like the total under 20 instead of the minus five, if that sounds weird enough, but I think either one's okay with me. Does anybody have an opinion on this one? Yeah. I initially had this circled as something to look for the favorite, uh, like play the minus games here, but with has she played since the U.S. Open? I, no, I don't think she has. And and that one, you know, she kind of semi hurt herself, but was still competitive in the third set against Mika. Uh, still one of my least favorite losses ever, and still you know 
one of my favorite matches to point to to say Vika has the luckiest run I've ever seen in tennis. Uh, but I'm not quite sure I want to better minus five here. I think this is a spot where I want to, you know, I'll take her outright because it's well worth it to to hope that she's completely healthy on an outright perspective when you're getting her 66 to one. Uh, but I wouldn't be laying five games or, or you know, I think it's, is that minus 400 a dollar 25? Did yes. I do that right? Yeah. Oh my God, yeah. look at this. I'm learning American odds. It's so, learning, folks. I'm so ashamed of myself. Um, I'm proud of but, you. <laughs> but I, I think that I would rather take the chance with the outright and then watch the first match. And if she looks great, then let's talk about her in the second round uh, as opposed to you know taking that chance in the first round here without that certainty. I feel like the, the only way that you would potentially oppose her here would be to take... Mikhail first set in a kind of, you know, Mikhail's played, she played a couple of tournaments. She's played Rome and Strasbourg, hasn't she? Whether there's a quick adjustment there, if we, if there is that little question mark over Mahova, but I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be jumping into it with a significant amount of confidence based on Mikhail's last match against um, Diaz, which was grim. Makes a lot of sense. Spread. Ostapenko minus 294, <laughs> Bregel plus 233. Ostapenko minus four and a half games. I don't hate that. Total 19 Did and a half. Did you see her lose the now, Habino? <laughs> I mean, I did. If anything says I'm not ready to play on the WTA, shit me the ITF right away. I mean, just unbelievable how terrible it was. Congratulations to Steve for being able to keep it together. Um, <laughs> tell us, tell us how you, tell us how you really feel, Spread. <laughs> I mean, it was just so depressing. That That is the most animated. I mean, I get animated at least eight times a stream. That's yeah. the most animated I think we've ever seen. In the history of the network <laughs> podcast, that takes it. I mean, really enjoyed that. Here we're seeing each other for that's, that's gets people. So you know, we're just going to leave that. We're just going to set it aside. We're going to pray for spread his kittens and, <laughs> yeah. and we're just going to pretend like it doesn't happen otherwise. Uh, <laughs> Plus 595 against Alizé Cornet, minus 833. I think this is a match that a few of us has actually taken the underdog on because we're pretty confused as to why Cornet might be this big of a favorite. Um, would anybody like to go first? Well, it's because Piquet hasn't won since July, right? Well, it's true. not like she's playing, like, world beaters here. Well, this is true, but <laughs> do you think that price makes sense? Come on, Spread. I mean, if you're going to play devil's advocate, break it down for us. I mean... Do you think it really makes sense, even despite all that, that Cornet is minus 833? You've got to lay 8.3 to bring home one. You're right. That is a price that's way too high. I'm, but, I mean, it should be like minus 400 or minus 500. I so mean, Cornet played pretty well here in the, in the U.S. Open, and I haven't seen Piquet play a good match since before the shutdown. So. Oh. Also, her, her movement is a huge concern. Uh, not a great mover, a lot of errors, and those two things against Alizé Cornet are kind of the worst two faults you could have in your game. Yeah, look, it's and it, I think, again, it's, this is another one of those that the conditions of this French Open compared to others, it's not going to help. I don't think it's going to mm-hmm. help Chloe at all here. I think Cornet, look... Cornet is someone who I generally prefer to take when she's an underdog, and I generally like to avoid her games when she's a really heavy favorite. She's kind of falling into that Ostapenko bracket for me now. <laughs> um, yeah. Look, it's it's big, but 
you know, Corne, she looked pretty good, and I think she also looked solid in Strasbourg last week as well. I know she lost to Rybakina, but, you know, it was pretty competitive. Yeah, it's, it's one of those kind of hold my nose. I'm going to sprinkle a little bit on the money line. I think this is a, a match where maybe Cornet comes out flat and Paquette just for some reason looks hot for for one match and then kind of falls apart due to lack of conditioning and stuff like that. It's just the numbers so far are for me, and I'm always happy to take, you know, six to one in a match. So just a small, small bet for me there. Kuda Matova minus 196 against Parmentier. Plus 160. A little surprised this number isn't bigger. Um, Jorge, did you bet this match yet? I was going to say, pick me for this one. I mean, Minus three and let eight. me go off on this one. Yeah. Whoever came up with this line, first of all, needs to be fucking fired. Um, <laughs> like, fired. Especially whoever came up with it at B-Win. I think B-Win. I almost opened an account at B-Win just to deposit, like, $1,000 to bet on... Kudermatova, they had her $1.75, which is like minus 133. Uh, excuse me? Like, who's the guy that was, you know, smoking a blunt and drinking a, a, you know, a 40 of vodka that decided anything under minus 200 was acceptable? And how has the market not killed this yet? Uh, I'm seeing spreads now. And as we speak, like, I'm not on the stream screen right now. I'm actually on Pinnacle currently about to drop a bunch of money on Veronica Kudermatova. I'm going to go minus uh, four. I'm going to go minus four and a half. I'm going to sell as many games as I can. Pauline Parmentier is absolute hot garbage. And this is an insult to the Cooter monster. And that's all I have to say about that. Totally on board with that. Do we have any uh, uh, devil's advocate plays here? Or are you guys jumping on board as well? So you weren't impressed by Parmentier's win over Bruno? No. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, I thought the price was short too. No. I mean, yeah. All right. So is, 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 is Kudamatova that good on clay? I mean, uh, what's her best win? I'm pretty sure that her best tournament, her first big tournament run was on clay, no? She's In 2018, um, she went to the Gestad quarters, uh, you know, Teichman, Kuzmova, um, she went to the Stuttgart. She qualified, beating a, a you know Carlos Suarez Navarro. She took Pliskova to a, a first set tie break. Like she broke onto the scene when we first noticed her was on clay. Um, she's zero two this year, and I think that's the recency bias is playing a lot into that. But um, you know she's beaten Suckery. Uh, she's beaten Teichman again. She's beaten Peterson. Uh, that wasn't in you know this terrible year for Peterson. Uh, she's beaten, she beat Wozniacki on clay at the French Open last year. Uh, you know, I, she's she's beaten players a hell of a lot better than 30-whatever-year-old Pauline Parmentier, who hasn't done anything late, lately. I, I just think that this is an insult. Uh, I think the fact that she got hammered by Bouchard and then, you know, routined by Strichkova, it, it factors a bit too much into this number. So is no form better than being bageled by Bouchard? Uh, being bageled by Bouchard is still good enough to beat Pauline Parmentier. I think that's the key here. What do you think Parmentier would have done in that scenario? I think Parmentier probably gets double bageled by Genie. So, like, we're three games to the good. <laughs> no matter how much Genie tries to pour cold water on this, I'm going to add Kudermatova to our little parlay list. <laughs> and we're going to sell some games there on the spread. Uh, she lost but- to Magdalenette by five games. Why did you have to say that? 
She lost to Osorio Serrano, who, by the way, I love. Couldn't you just she let was that go? In our in our in our uh, in our preseason, remember our preseason? We did the Unibet review of all the oh, yeah. season long bets, and I'm pretty sure they're all going to get canceled because of COVID. But I had Osorio Reza- uh, Serrano to finish top 200, and I was one of my favorite plays. And she's going to do it. By the way. Uh, she's she's currently sitting at 188. So like I nailed that, and COVID's going to fuck it. But like she beat her by four games. Like you're telling me Kudermatova is not better than these people that are routining Pauline Parmentier. Like <laughs> I'm sorry, I just don't buy it. Like two bad matches on clay does not mean that she should be she should be minus five or minus five and a half here. All right, let's move forward. Four and a half. Say something bad again. I just, I just thought I played devil's advocate because I wasn't quite sure if you were confident or not. <laughs> Jesus. No, you're just playing. There you go. There All you right. go. Hartstock, minus A33, Pari, Perry, something like that. So, Plus hey, this is the first player I don't know. Who's Pari and, like, what are her strengths and weaknesses? I've never seen her play. Young Frenchwoman, pretty solid. Uh, you, uh, Jorge, do uh, you or Steve maybe have a better breakdown of her game? I mean, from a stats perspective, she has some okay wins given her ranking, but I don't know much about her game. I'm still betting uh... – Kudermatova, give me one sec here. <laughs> Steven, you seen this It's a tricky one. I think at first look, it looks like she's probably maybe a little bit of value, but I'm I'm not big on her sog. So that's probably where where that stems from for me. Um, look, it's one of those ones that it's probably a, a dog or pass for me. Um, you know, she does have the advantage of you know this is a. She, I'm assuming it's a wild card for her, right? Ranked 304. Um, yes. So, look, it's a good opportunity for her, but it's this is a big step up. And, look, thinking about it now just as while I'm talking, I think Herzog, did she win Logano last year that was in really quite cold, really heavy conditions, which is probably what we're going to see similar to here in France. So, look, it's, it's probably one for that I'll pass for, for round one. All right, are, are you done, Jorge? Do you, have, do you have a chance to talk to us for a second about Herzog versus versus Parry or Perry? I bet you even know how to say it right. Uh, Diane Parry. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> what do you think about that match? Um, well, uh, I took the under in Kudermatova, by the way, as well. We're not just talking about spreads now. We're getting into the fucking unders. Uh, but Jorge does not bet totals, people. So that and I hate totals with a passion. <laughs> Every time I've been under, they cover the spread, but they do it in three sets. Every well, three and a half, single so. time, every time. Uh, but no, I, this there's no value here. I mean, Herzog should win this relatively easily. Uh, but I mean, what a dollar twelve? Are you kidding? <laughs> like, what am I supposed to do with that? One of the harder matches, in my opinion, to bet Parankova minus one fifty two or pretty close to one point six six against Pekovic, um, who's plus one twenty four in her first competitive WTA match in quite some time. Does anybody have any idea what to do with this? I mean, she's definitely my favorite mom in the draw, but Ooh. I don't know. Do you guys think that, that she's going to go ahead and take? <laughs> Is she going right, to go? Fine. No, I don't care about the match anymore. Who's everyone's <laughs> favorite mom in the draw? Patricia <laughs> Maria Teague. Patricia Maria Teague. Ooh. All right, break I down. Would. I didn't know that Teague was a mom. She's obviously not as good about talking about it. So yeah. Yeah. I don't want to break down Teague's motherhood. How many kids did she have? <laughs> how reasoned was it? How inspired is she by it? What do we got? She won Istanbul. <laughs> 
I think just, I mean, I saw a couple of tweets about it a couple of years ago. I haven't heard too much about it since. I think Serena Williams has a kid too. <laughs> um, so, look that up. Yeah, let me hang on. Let me just have a quick look. <laughs> is Serena? She is. She does. She does. She has a kid. Huh. Child. It's very small. Okay. Very small, so it must be recent. Yeah. I'm surprised we don't hear about that more. Well, I think that was the absolute perfect breakdown of the Parakova Pekovic match. Um, let's continue forward. Roos minus 476 against Burrell plus 363. Um, I don't really know what to do here. I know Burrell is a wild card. I know Roos likes clay, but and I'm seeing a spread of five, a total of 19 and a half. I guess that feels right. Does Does anybody have a strong opinion here? I, I, I almost want to take Burrell, but man, Roos has looked – has always looked good on clay, but she's I think she's really taken a step forward this year in, in a lot of the the, the clay tournaments she's played. So I almost feel like it should be a dollar thirty, not a dollar twenty, but I don't think that provides enough value on on Burrell's pricing to, to really make a play on that. This might be the rare spot where I actually take an underdog spread, which is another thing I'm extremely, you know, averse to. I'm not a fan of those. Uh, but plus five here is something I might look into. I don't think Burrell can win this match. Um, but, you know, maybe plus one and a half sets is the better way to go. I prefer that than the, you know, plus games. I hate plus games. Yeah, maybe an over there or, some, or something like that. Um, Steve or Spread, anything to add there? Mm-mm. No, I'd rather watch LeBron shoot free throws he doesn't deserve for an hour than watch this one. <laughs> <laughs> Calm down. Calm down. Cool, cool your jets. Jorge's been polite. <laughs> Rybakina minus 476 against Kirstea. Although Kirstea is one of our favorite players here, it makes perfect sense to me why Rybakina is such a big favorite. She's minus five. The total's 19 and a half. Um, does anybody see anything here they like? Rybakina's burnt me a couple of times the last couple of weeks, failing to serve out matches. And it just Ooh. worries me with big spreads. That 2 nothing. Then- I'm... I took a two nothing instead of the spread. Remember, she failed twice to serve it out at five four and six five consecutively. What match was that? She won like good seven man. five seven six. Yeah, oh, good fun. Good fun. It felt so good to actually be on the two nothing for once instead of the spread. <laughs> All right, so let's keep moving forward. Another match that's really tough to pick apart. Arena Sabalenka minus two fifty against Jessica Pagula. Um, just a really tough match. We haven't seen Pagula play since the U.S. Open. She's not a big clay player. Um, Sabalenka has not looked good. She continues to drop sets and come back for some reason in these matches, which I guess is just who she is as a tennis player. So, you know, that's and a kind warrior. Of um, you know, what do you guys think? Do you have any angles here? Do you expect Sabalenka to win? Is there any reason to think about the dog? I was going to take the dog here. What do you guys think? Nothing. I see Jorge shaking his head. I just want nothing to do with the match, honestly. It's what do you so think, hard. Steve? Yeah. I'd rather the dog. You know, if I had to pick something, I'd rather pick Pagula because it's more fun. <laughs> um, I don't know. Maybe just close your eyes, hold your nose, and bet the over because that continues to happen. Um, Samson Nova plus two fifty seven against Cannon Cannon minus three thirty three. Cannon has not really played well, but I don't know if this is the best surface for Samson Nova. Does anybody have an opinion in this match? 
No, I don't. She needs more form. She she needs more form for me to to back that price. But then if she, again, you know, one of those constant sayings: if she had more form, she wouldn't be this price. So, yeah, what are you gonna do? Sasnovich minus one seventy nine against Friedson plus one forty seven. That looked pretty good to me. That was a match where I was looking at maybe over two and a half sets. The total of the match is twenty one. So if I can get over two and a half sets, maybe like one fifty or a little better than that, that might be interesting. Um, anybody else have an angle for Sasnovich Friedson? No, I'm scared to back Sasnovich as a favorite. Schmedlova minus one fifty two against Venus plus one twenty three. It's a shame that this is the first round match in the French Open, but here we are. Um, Jorge, how much money are you going to bet on Venus as an underdog? Um, somewhere between $0.00 and $0.00 and $0.00 and $0.01. Oh, well, that was as bad as good as the take. I think we're going to get there. Um, so unless Steve or Spread have anything to add. No, Siegmund, I'm not getting involved here. Siegmund's no. playing Lukanovic in a match that might have been fun a few years ago here, but – I think it could just be really messy. I think this is the first time we're going to see both players since the U.S. Open. Siegman's a, a short favorite here, minus 127, which I do believe means she's taking quite some money. Um, Pinnacle is plus 104. Actually, you know what? Siegman's open a small favorite and kind of stayed there. So no real favorite there. Does anybody have an angle on this match? This feels like something where I want to bet the over, but I'll probably lose. They hung 20 and a half because they want to tease me, but I think I'm going to hopefully do my best and leave that alone. What do you guys think? I like Kiki here. Oh, I like uh, Laura here. I, I like Laura as well. Okay, why I, do you guys like Laura? I think, well, I think Noobs mentioned this could this could be a match that looks kind of real messy uh, on the surface of things, and if that's the case, I'll take the far more consistent player who loves the surface uh, to come through, even as a, you know, a not an underdog, but a rather cheap favorite. Yeah, you can sell her spread out. I'm seeing minus one and a half, minus one hundred five. So you can get minus two and a half at plus money. You can get minus three at probably decent plus money. Steve, why do you like Laura here? I think the heavier conditions. That's that's prime prime conditions for Laura. I think. And look, while you guys have mentioned a couple of other DFS options, kind of avoid Mladenovic if you can. It's double faults kill you, mm-hmm. and she loves to hit them. Yes, she does. I'm staying away from that, but we've got the two of you there. Um, did they talk Adam Wodenovich spread? I mean, yeah, I don't like to go against these two guys, so I'll definitely have to think about it. Uh, my idea here was just that Kiki should have an easier time holding Serb, um, should be a little more comfortable in her home uh, country, and she has shown flashes this year uh, of returning to that old form that she had like in 2018 when she was really contending, um, whereas Laura – has really struggled to put together like two or three good matches. Now I know this is the first round, but I uh, haven't been impressed with Siegman's consistency. So that was my reason for being on Kiki, but there's so many matches to bet. There's no reason for me to hurry to the window to, to, to oppose uh, Jorge and Steve, because that's not usually a, a winning proposition. All right, let's jump into the next match here. Siniakova minus 476 against Lauren Davis plus 350. I know we hate betting on Siniakova as a big favorite, but I don't see any reason to support Davis here. The spread is, I believe, right around five, maybe five and a half. Yep, five and a half on Siniakova. You actually get plus money there, so I guess it's five just about everywhere else. The total's at 19 and a half. Anybody have an attackable angle in this match? Under? 
I'd like to say under. I wish it was twenty. I don't think. I think under nineteen and a half is okay. Um, but Sinia Kobe again, not to reuse an expression I used earlier. She likes to make a meal out of first sets from time to time. So mm-hmm. you could have under nineteen and a half and be staring at some seven five first set, feeling mm-hmm. really sick to your stomach. So uh, yeah. I'm going to stay away from that. All right. Uh, I think Sinia Kova. Look, I'd potentially explore her at the the spread if she doesn't hang around in Strasbourg until Sunday. Um, because obviously she's still playing, isn't it? Did that match, she's up a set on Sabalenka, is that right? Yeah, yes. Um, yeah. Look, I think she's shown enough this week, um, but I probably, look, it's, it's probably going to be either a, a Siniaka or at the, the spread or nothing for me. I don't think there's any appeal uh, for Davis, who I think from memory it was, she got whitewashed by Ostapenko, who then lost to Habino, so not the best form line. Um, so yeah, I'd probably be Siniaka or, or pass there, I think. Yeah, I kind of like the minus five and a half at plus one oh six or two point oh six. What do you think of that, Jorge? I know you like selling games. I have I have no interest uh in betting Siniakova minus five and a half games. Um it's teasing. Especially against especially against someone as consistent as Lauren Davis. I feel like this could be like a match that Siniakova wins six two, three six, six two. And you've got like, you know, that's a five game spread. Um, you know, she she dominates in the first and third set because she's far more talented and far more adept on clay. And then Davis's consistency for one set uh, throws her off. She hits a ton of errors, and you lose by the hook. So, uh, no. Maybe if Steve does a compelling write up on uh, Ace underscore previews, you can find him on Twitter and uh, make sure you sign up for what is it? Uh, public is the name of the search engine, Steve. Yes, if you could, that would be great because I'm doing everything for free now. So it would be nice to get some sort of reward for people clicking and reading along. But no, nah, it's been fun the last couple of months doing everything free again. It's real easy, folks. You sign up for this thing, you click on its stuff, you get there a little bit faster, and it provides personalized search stuff for you. It's very interesting. Plus, Steve earned some sort of coins, and that keeps him from charging you money. He used to charge people money for this stuff. Now you get to see it for free. Isn't that real fun? Sloan Stevens, minus 666. Against Diachenko plus four fifty five, we would love to fade Sloan Stevens, gentlemen. Is this the spot? <laughs> well, we're speaking of another young player who lost to Now Habino on clay, so um, yeah. Stevens is in great form here. There's a lot more than I thought we'd mention Habino on this pod. <laughs> <laughs> it's very Habino heavy content. This. Oh. <laughs> What do you guys think? Is is there any angle here for you guys? It's tough. This is the, not a good service for Diacheco. I don't think we've seen her no. playing a little bit. This is this seems How come like she a played the U.S. Open. Did she get sick? Might have been a player that didn't want to travel. There were a lot of players. Well, that, she came to which, Cincinnati, uh, though. By the way, she was in New York for 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 the oh, Western Southern. Yeah, must have been an injury or something then. Because let's also uh, talk about the fact that so many players looked at the United States COVID numbers, and we're so scared. And the U.S. Open is already kicking the French Open's ass at uh, safety protocols. So all y'all European players who looked at America like, oh, no, Americans, this is a... Screw you. Enjoy your French Open where the bubble (laughs) is crap. There's going to be spectators. There's 16,000 cases a day in Paris. Eat it. Yes, suck it. And I'm not even American. I'm not even American. (laughs) You're just <laughs> all assholes and need to be called out for it. Someday maybe you'll be governor of Florida. I can't wait. 
the karma train's going to come and get you when your big outright pick tests positive for COVID mid-tournament and you don't get a refund. Ooh. Yeah, Ooh. again, and I'll blame the French Open for not being as good as the U.S. Open for that. Another reason I'm right. Sure. I can't believe he just put that evil on you. Man. Plus 233 against Krejcikova, minus 294. This is another number that kind of stuck out to me as odd. I actually have Krejcikova here. I like her to win this match, and I think I'm going to look for some other ways to attack her. The spread is four and a half. The total is 20. What do you guys think about this match against Dojanovic Krejcikova? I, I tweeted earlier today that I thought this had the potential to be one of those matches that could be extremely interesting in the first round that – a lot of people would overlook because it's Nina Stojanovic versus Barbara Krejcikova. Um, you know, someone who's dominated doubles for a long time, but loves playing. Like she does very well at high level ITFs on clay and singles uh, against Nina Stojanovic, who I think has the last year shown she's capable on hardcore. It's probably because she's five nine and has a, a decent serve, but who's more comfortable on clay. So I thought this would be closer to a pick Um, and I think it has the potential to be a, a very good match if people tune in. And if you're giving me, you know, near plus 235, is that, yeah, $3.35 is plus 235. I mean, I'm going to be very inclined to take Stojanovic's money line here. Steve, spread, what do you think? You jumping on board? I mean, honestly, the only time I ever watch Krejcikova is when she's playing doubles with Siniakova. So I don't feel like I'm uh... – qualified to, to make a play on this match. What do you think, Steve? I, I'm i leaning towards Stojanovic. I think part of the bit that's probably making me a little bit wary was I think I was on her, I think it was, it was a plus three, it was plus a couple of games against um, Kellen Skyer, I think it was in um, hmm. the US Open. And she yep. absolutely dominated the match statistically. Um, hang on, let's see if I get the stats up here. Yeah, won 70% of points on her first serve, won 58% of points on her second serve, and lost 4 6 3 6. Um, I was on that money line. I think she's playing better than you know her results look on the surface. Um, she made that little run, she made a really good run through the clay, and it's it's probably more of the clay tournaments that are similar to what we'll see in Paris this week. She made a really good run coming back from injury in the middle of last year to help get her back into the top 100. So, look, I I think she's been underrated here quite significantly. Yeah, I like that. So a couple of us there looking at the money line. Svitolina minus 796 against Gracheva plus 526. We'll start with you, Jorge, of course. Any way to attack Svitolina here, when I look at the spread, it doesn't seem to exist. So this line must not be up yet anywhere. It may not be up because she's still in... She's still got. She's still in Strasbourg, isn't she? Svitolina? That's true. Yeah. What do you What do you think here? I mean, is there, is there any way to attack this match? Should we look at its fiddling spread, something like that? Uh, no, no. I think Grichaeva's best surface actually is clay. Like her her big run last year, like where she won most of her matches, was on clay. Despite the fact that you know she showed some decent results, that great comeback against Vladenovic uh, on hard courts at the U.S. Open. Uh, I'm not going to be, but you can't back Svitolina in this spot against a decent, rather young, uh, comfortable player on the surface um, at that at, at those kind of crazy numbers. I, I just don't think you can. 
Schweitek plus 150. Oh, real quick before we move on. Yeah. I just want to point out for the number five in the world, Svitolina, we didn't even mention her during the outrights. So just real quick, especially since Steve's here, what is your guys' overall feelings for Svitolina for this tournament? Because I think it's kind of crazy that we have a player this talented that, I mean, we all just went right over her name, like Sloan Stevens and Ostapenko, right? Like we didn't even consider it an outright. What do you guys think? Hold on, hold on. There's a main difference between Svitolina, Ostapenko, and Stevens. Do you know what that is? Svitolina wins. Two have won a Grand Slam, and Alina has not. Yeah, so okay, that's okay. That could be part of why we didn't talk about <laughs> her on the outright right market. For sure. <laughs> yeah, part of but I mean, what do you? I mean, I mean, at least at least spread waited until Penko won a Grand Slam to curse her with the cat. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Me, me, I've just she was my favorite player for years, and I've just been watching her make quarterfinals and fourth rounds and semifinals, and never won a fucking thing. So, and is that is that no. what we're expecting here again for her to just beat all the players she's supposed to be, and then just get blown off the court in the quarters or semis? Her her section is way too tough with Merton Zankontivate. Okay, what do you think, Steve? Yeah, look, she's a. She's so reliant on good opposition having a bad day. It's, you know, in particular individual matchups, sure, I'm happy to get involved in some capacity, but she's, you know, if you think across a Grand Slam seven matches, she's going to run into someone who's just going to be on and and dominate. I can't see her on these heaviest, like she's not going to be able to hit a lot of winners. Um, she's going she's gonna to be running a lot, but that loss she had last week, Blue mind. It was against Vondrusova. I think she'd lost, what, she won three games or something? Mm-hmm. And was and Vondrusova was coming off like 16 hours from her previous match. Um, I just don't see her in the outright picture at the moment. I mean, if, if her price balloons out a little bit more, then you can maybe look at it from a trading standpoint, but I don't see her going all the way. All right. We don't get to do that here, man. And Noops, you didn't mention her either. Did you just have no hope for her as far as winning the title overall? So when I look at her draw at the end of the day, you know, maybe she could be competitive to win her quarter. You know, she has to beat Mertens probably just to get to the corner finals, and then it's you know some sort of mother who has that extraterrestrial power. That, <laughs> and then even then, she wins her quarter. She's just going to get run over by Halep, in my opinion. So, okay. Wait, wait. You guys think Mertens will beat Gasparia? <laughs> we felt pretty good about that, and it actually uh, spread was a little confused that that was the biggest favorite in round one. <laughs> yeah, Mertz is the biggest favorite. Sense. Threw me off. <laughs> All right, Schweitek plus one fifty two, Vondrasova minus one eighty two. This will be one of the better matches I think of the first round. Um, spread. We know you um, like the underdog a little bit here. I think. Yeah, but I mean, I already took her for the outright, so there's no reason for me to double down. Um, this is crazy that it's a first-round match. I mean, it's by far, to me, the most compelling matchup from a fan's perspective. Um, two of the players that I probably would expect to have the most success at this tournament over the next 10 years, they're facing off in the first round. Uh, and like I said, I, I like both these players just to get hot on on a surface they're comfortable with. And that's why I said, whoever you like in this match, go ahead and, and, and sprinkle the outright, too. So I grabbed the outright on Sviantec, but I'm not going to double down. Steve, Jorge, anything to add? Uh, just that I, I think they're both really out of form right now. I mean, even um, Fondrasova's wins in Rome were 
not that impressive. I think she had to save, what was it? Uh, did I mention this before? She had to save uh, 14 out of 16, one match to win. And then she beat another player, I think it was, was it Svitolina? Um, mm. I was opposed to our friend Snyes on that one. And that one drove him nuts because she saved nine out of nine break points there. I think converted like three or four out of seven. And she just, I think she won like six, six, three, six, one or six, three, six love. Just whitewashed Svitolina in Rome. But like, she wasn't even that dominant uh, as the scoreline would indicate. So despite the fact that she won a few matches in Rome, do not fool yourself into thinking that she's in form uh, just for that reason. Um, and of course, Iga has just looked completely lost since the restart. So, uh, two of my favorite young players, both competent on the clay, but I mean, you'd be nuts to get involved in this first round match, in my opinion. So let's jump forward then. Sakari minus 303 against Tom Lianovich plus 237. I think Sakari is a deserved favorite here. Let me take a look at what the spread is. Four and a half on Sakari at relatively normal juice. The total at 20. I bet you can get a cheap 20 and a half. Anybody have any feelings on this one? Poor Isla. I mean, she's just been playing terribly. And has terrible draws, too. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah that's true. Eight, I'm looking eight. at these losses. They are all kind of tough players. So is Zachary a parlay piece for us, maybe? I don't know. Uh, so you don't feel that good about it? Is she that good on no. play? Even no. though her game seems to see, seem like it would would do well there, she doesn't always do that well on clay, does she? I mean, she's more of a hard quarter, right? She has her moments. Yes. She has some good numbers. I mean, her, her home break is pretty impressive in, in the matches she's played, but doesn't have – again, doesn't have wins over really any great players. All right. All right, so we'll pass on that one. Uh, Van Utvank minus 130 against Peterson plus 108. This is another messy match. Um I don't know what to do with this. Does anybody have any angles here for this one? A lot of sighing, a lot of grunting. So we'll move. I mean, forward. these are two players we wanted to fade, and they went. They 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 faced off, right? You know, why couldn't we yeah. get a uh, Sviantek versus AVU, right? And and Peterson versus Vondrasova or something, right? But uh, that's how it turned out. So maybe just fade the winner in round two, right? I almost feel like this is the chance for Peterson to snap her slump, though. Uh, and at plus money, I don't, I don't hate uh, if someone were to take Peterson. And I'm still contemplating it myself. Um, Do you think she's 100 percent healthy, though? It just, it's just so crazy yeah, for I'm, her to lose that much form without. On, honestly, losing. I think, I think it's more mental. I watched her against Teague, where I think she lost. Was it six three six love? But she was up three love to start the match, or six three six one, something like that, where she lost either 12 in a row or 12 of 13 games. She was up three love to start the match. Like she, she looks physically okay, but it's like a lot of her shots are going, you know, four inches uh, long on the baseline and it's repetitive multiple Mm -hmm. times in a game. I think, you know, a lot of it is, is either mental or just a lack of, of um, enough practice and preparation and and repetition on some of those uh, baseline ground strokes uh, that, that are just, you know, causing her to, to hit too many errors. But Man, I just think any rally that goes, you know, past three or four balls is is going to be hers to lose against Van Utbank. And one of the things she did well against Teague uh, was angle back and forth before hitting errors. The problem is Teague, while she can actually really hit, she's also much more mobile. Van Utbank isn't. And I think matchup-wise, this is a great opportunity for her to snap her slump. 
Well, that's good. It gives us a little bit of angle there to watch for. It'd be nice to see Peterson get back to some form. Um, obviously, you know, not just for our buddy Snice, but we like watching her play. That would be a lot of fun. Now, the next match we've got, though, is Teague minus 333 against Miguelie minus 268. You can get a cheap minus five on Teague. I know that's somebody we talked about that we like maybe match to match. Is this somewhere where anybody's comfortable laying the minus five? Is this, you know, maybe a good spot to parlay the money line? I don't want to lay the games with Teague, even though she's your guy's favorite mom. <laughs> Not my favorite mom. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that uh, – I mean, uh, five is always – like I hate these numbers between three and a half and five. They're such a bitch because three and a half is, you know, singular break regardless of service order each set. Fairly routine. And then five is like you need service order, or otherwise you need a double break in a set. And I, I think that I do believe that Teague covers this relatively easily, but there's a reason why she's not, you know, a top 25, 30 player in the world is because while she has a, she can, you know, hit through the clay, she moves well, she's also got variety to her game. You know, if you've got all those tangibles, why are you, why don't you have a higher ranking? Cause she, she can absolutely disappear. Um, and as bad as Vogela is on clay and has been um, in 2020 in general, I think this is much more serviceable as a parlay piece. I will add it to the list. Anybody else, anything to add? Mm-hmm. Mm, no, nah, look, yeah. I mean, maybe an under, I don't know. I think I can't see, I can't see, but the, yeah, the conditions. 20, do... actually, you're right. I, I like yeah. that. I'm not sure. The, the conditions suit Teague. I'm going to bet that. Under 20 minus 110 at Bet Online. That sounds wonderful. You're welcome. Thank you very much. <laughs> I didn't look at that already. It's shame on me, folks. That's why we have Steve here. He's fresh. Um, moving forward, we've got Yastremska minus 435 against Gavrilova plus 326. I've actually taken Gavrilova on the money line here for just a little bit. I think this is a situation where she gets a chance to maybe work Yastremska, who might not be 100% healthy. Um, the tough part is we haven't seen Gavrilova in a while. What do you guys think? Anything to add? Well, she dominated, um, and it was an ITF 80. It wasn't like a ITF 15K. It, it, it was the equivalent of like a cha- not a Challenger 125 or a Challenger 100, but it was you know, it's the second highest level ITF, and they don't have a Challenger uh, tour on the women's side. So, it was a pretty a decent draw. tournament, and she dominated. And then I think, you know, she ran out of gas uh, by the quarters or semifinals. Understandable in her first, you know, full professional tournament back. And I think she's got a great chance here. I, you know, it's one of those things where I think we talked about this in the in Isimova match, where the, the match is on Yastremska's racket. There's no doubting that. Uh, but as volatile as she can be and as consistent as Gavrilova can be at $4.50 something cents, I think that's a must take on the money line. I'm also going to dabble in the two nothing. I'm going to go for like the eight dollar two nothing uh, price as well, and, and probably play a full unit on Gavrilova money line, and then dabble further into the two nothing uh, market as well. I think that uh, I think she's got a great chance here. She played at least four or five matches um, on the surface at a decent level ITF event uh, to get herself accustomed. Uh, the clay is slower, which should probably help her uh, more than Yastremska. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and, it, I mean, I only need her to win, you know, what is it, 22.5%, of the time to break even here. And I give her a good, uh, you know, considering the conditions and the fact that she's 
she has been back and picked up a few matches. I've given her, give her at least a 30 to 35% chance here. Steve or Spread, you jumping on board? Is there an over 1.5 MTOs available? Because I'll definitely hit that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't see that. That's a shame. We'll look we'll <laughs> that. Maybe Bet365 will open that. Yeah. Um, I look looking at it, I still haven't quite made up my mind on it. Um, I agree about Gavrilova last week. I think she looks solid, made her way through qualifying. I think she tweeted something about, I think her win over, is it Burel or Burel? Um, she said that basically experience got her that win, but backing up from two hours 40 on court the next day, she just didn't have it against Tomova. Um, maybe, look, maybe a first set Gavrilova. I, I think she's going to struggle to come from a set down of such little tennis against a player like Yastremska. I can see Yastremska coming back from a set down far more often than, than Gavrilova in this instance. So, look, I know that the odds aren't as great for a first set, but maybe, you know, if I'd have to have another look at the odds there, but maybe a Gavrilova first set. Um, she's, she's, she's going to need to start well against Yastremska. Otherwise, I think it, it could be could be one-way traffic. But I agree about that. Gavril over 2-0. I think there's probably almost more value in that price than there is Gavril over on the uh, head-to-head. Interesting. I, I think I like that, too. So let me just make a note of that. But while we keep moving forward, Kiki Burton's minus 588 against Zavatska, plus 424. Kiki Burton's, again, coming off a match in which she retired, I believe, at the end of it. Um, does anybody have an angle here? As I look at the spread, Zavatska's plus 5.5. The total is 19. Um, is anybody attacking this match? I haven't seen Zavatska play. What does she play like? Uh, mainly a hard quarter. Okay. Um, and I would say a mix between, you know, a little pace in her uh, ground strokes and, and primarily a defensive player, but not a pure pusher or or pure defensive player. Okay. Yeah, it's probably a fair assumption. I think, look, a lot of, I think a lot of her ranking points come from a. She made the semi-final in Tashkent last year. <laughs> it's one of the worst tournaments I've seen in quite some time. It's up there with. Uh, uh, is it the field strength up there near the top with like Hua Win? Uh, well, I think yeah. I, I mean, what was it? She made the semi. I think I actually, I think I backed her a couple of times that um, that week. I feel like she lost to Castella. In the semi, um, she, yeah, look, like consistent isn't going to make a lot of errors, but is also probably going to struggle. You hit a lot of winners. It's probably just going to depend on. This is going to completely depend on how Burton's is physically. Uh-huh. A good stay away. Zhang plus two two twenty two against Madison Keys minus two seventy. I've been trying to think of ways to exact Zhang here in this match, but it's it's just tough. Um, does anybody have anything they want to do here? Spread. This is keys. It's keys I mean, time. Spread's minus four. I'm seeing a total of 20 and a half. What do you think, Spread? Can you even lay the four games? I mean, it is keys. And like, <laughs> what did you talk about? Playing with your food in the first set? Was that, is that the, what you're saying? Making, Making a, a meal. <laughs> Making a meal. Yeah. I mean, keys has done that. Uh, I'm not too big on Zhang on clay overall, but she did pretty well. Um, in this little warm-up tournament um, that they had. So that makes me a little more hesitant to do it. But, I mean, if I was going to play it, I'm going to lay the minus four. It's a pass for me. Um, let's jump that. into the last – You like Keys as a parlay piece? Yes, I do. 
I think this could also be like a seven six six four though. So, um, but I think that scoreline would be a little. It's one of those matches where I feel like if Zhang keeps it close, it'll be a scoreline that that kind of uh, flatters her. I think Keys wins this going away though. All right, let's jump into the last match. That right, folks. We've run out of first round matches. Jorge, how much money are you going to bet on to Dancing because you didn't take her out right, you jerk? Probably a full unit. Um, I mean, this is a little ridiculous. I mean, Garbina, her struggles early in slams generally come um, at the U.S. Open. I don't think she's really she's she's been consistent at making like the third, fourth rounds, even quarterfinals, winning um, the French. So I think that's that's a lot of the reason why she's a dollar eight, but she's playing a top hundred competent clay quarter. Uh, I, I don't understand how this gets over even $6, let alone $7, $8, and in some places, $8.50. Um, there's just way too much value here not to put a full unit on Zidansic. I love it. I've got actually only half a unit, so I'm kind of a, a, a jerk here, but it makes total sense to me. I, it's hard. I don't know if she's going to win the match. I think that Muguruza should be the favorite there, but... The price to me is just is just way out of line. What spread, uh, Steve? What do you think? I mean, did you guys not watch Garbine in Rome? She I mean, looked terrible. Like, what do you mean? She looked awful. She should have lost to Coco Goff. She was down a set in every in every set. She hit so many errors that Coco Goff's game was so bad, so incredibly bad. And this is coming from someone who backed Goff at you know. and was up a break in every set, a double break in the second. And Garbina could not find her game or her rhythm. She looked awful. So she was fortunate to get through that. So, yes, she looked terrible in Rome. I totally agree. And this is a total overreaction. I thought she looked looked okay. Number one, she's had mental problems before. So on that golf match, I'm like, wow, she didn't pack it in at the first sign of adversity. That's a good sign. She looked good against Content. We've already discussed that that might yeah. not be as good a win on Claire or whatever. Then she beat Vika, who's in good form. She pretty much outlasted her. And then she played Simona really she tough. Outlasted, right? She outlasted someone in her 30s who has played tennis, you know, consistently for three weeks after not having <laughs> won more than two matches in a row. Congratulations. And you had to, you had to get to three sets to outlast her. You know, right? You but lost she's the first set. These are matches that Garbine oh, can no. lose sometimes, and then no. she looks pretty good against Simona, who's, no, no, who's no. the rightful favorite of this whole tournament. She did not look that great in Rome. She did not look like a finalist in Rome. Put it that way. All she right. was a finalist. <laughs> she didn't look like a finalist. Um, yeah. Did no, she? I, did she cover against Halep though? Well, everyone covered against Halep. Halep blew every single chance. Oh, that was on purpose, you asshole. That was intentional. That was intentional. It usually is, folks. That's all um, right. It's 2.30 here. I'm tired, man. <laughs> I don't know how the East Coast guys do it. I'm barely making it, too. She, she ended, did she end the Halep? She ended the final with strapping on her thigh, didn't she? Like, she could barely move at the end. Muguruza. Is that right? Even more reason about Zidansic. Let's go. I, I, yeah. Look, it, it's it's one of those ones. I, I actually think looking at her draw, looking at Muguruza's draw, I think she has such a friendly draw, except for this round one match. Yep. I think Zidansic. It's one of those ones that I'd almost look at it and go, look, if, if Muguruza, if she wins this really well, 
then I'd probably jump into an outright price because Zdensek's not going to give you anything cheaply on clay. She's a very, you know, she's a quality clay player. Um, but if she looks good here, then I'd probably be jumping in, looking at the rest of her her section, I think, in the, in the draw. But danger game first up. It's she is, She's awfully short. All right, gentlemen, those are all the first-round matches. I'm going to run real quick through what I was able to write down that I think we like. Try to pay attention, and at the end, let me know if I miss anything. Um, we all like Teichman, minus three games or 2-0. Um, Jorge and I are going head-to-head. Jorge likes Paolini. I like Balsova. Fernandez, everybody there likes her. Genie minus four games, something like that. Jorge was looking at. Um, Yuvon, all three of us like her to win that match. Bedosa minus three and a half games, just about everybody there. Kuznets of us look at some spreads there, minus two and a half, minus maybe a minus three. Kudermatova minus three and a half, minus four games there. Um, Steve and Jorge like Siegmund. Um, all of us, I think, like Stojanovic, and just about all of us like Gavrilova. And when I went together at the end of the day, the, the parlay pieces, we ended up with six big favorites. And if I put Putin Seva, I'm sorry, five big favorites. Put, if I put Putin Seva, Martic, Kudermatova, Teague, and Madison Keys together, I get plus 350. Ooh. Any objections? Nope, I'm doing it. I Love mean, it. five five leg parlays with, with favorites on the women's side is, you know. How can we go we're, wrong? We're living, we're living on, we're living on the wild side. When you put five fav, five women's favorites together and hope they all win, but you really? know what? Plus three fifty. Why, guys? It's the first round of a grand slam. If you're not playing stupid parlays for at least a quarter of a unit, why are you even betting this sport? <laughs> Love it, Martich, Kudermatova, Teague, and Madison Keys. That wraps up everything the three of us had to talk to. Now, Steve, you showed up a little late. You missed our outright preview. I will walk you through some of our picks. Again, I'll go through a recap again there. So from an outright perspective, spread like Schwitek there in the first quarter at 40-1. to 1. Um, He thinks she has a chance to maybe get some value. In worst case, you can buy out there maybe against Halep. Jorge likes Mertens 25 to 1. I was close there. I was hoping for 30 to 1 there. Um, both Jorge and I like Rybakina 25 to 1. Both Jorge and I like Mahova 66 to 1. Jorge and Spread are looking at Jabor 100 to 1. I like Kavitova 22 to 1. Jorge and I like Kudermatova and Martic. Uh, Kudermatova 600 to 1. You can find her at Unibet at Martic 60 to 1. So I, I know that's a lot there for you right there. But as you start to look at the draw, you know, the first quarter, what, what our, ta- our big takeaway there was, you know, it's Halep or Pass. What do you think of that first quarter? Any value there for you, or is it Halep or Pass? Um, yeah, look, I'd probably agree. It's, I think, you know, Halep, like last year, she's dependent on, you know, and, and some opponents can, you know, blast her off the court, but I don't see anyone in that first kind of patch there getting close to her. So I'm just scrolling through the draw here just to make sure I haven't missed anyone. Yeah, look, the Schweitek Vondrasova is probably going to decide that bottom chunk of the quarter. Well, that bottom chunk of, you know, leading up into that, that Halep meeting. So, yeah, look, I'd probably agree with Halep or pass there. Second quarter, again, we mentioned, I think, a few names there. But what did you think of the second quarter? Again, Jorge likes Mertens there. Yeah, look, I'd agree. And I'm staring just at, on the exchange at the moment. Mertens is 40 to 1. So Ooh. I'd probably be jumping in at that for That's some tasty yeah. bit, just as a bit of a starting point, just because looking at it, look, you've got a quarter here that's got, what's Fidelina and Serena Williams. So you can kind of 
play around a little bit, I think, with with some of the players there. Um, Through that middle patch, look, I think Azarenka as third favourite for the tournament is bordering on absurd. Um, So I probably wouldn't be playing around her price. So that does lead to, yeah, Mertens being probably that value spot there to come out of that quarter. Disappointing that she's in the same half as Halep, but look at the price, probably looks to be value. Yeah, 40 to 1 is a little different. We were looking at 25 to 1 and 40 to 1. I like that. What do you think, Jorge? Do you like that even better? For for Mertens? Mertens. Oh, God, yes. I mean, 40 to 1 has to be a play. Where is this? Betfair? <laughs> yeah, there's $66 available at 40. That glorious, glorious exchange life. Steve, the third quarter, um, we thought this one was pretty attackable. We ended up with some Rybikini here, some Mahova. I think I might have missed one other name. What do you think of the third quarter? Jabor was the other name that I missed here. I mean, up until a week ago, this was Kazakina's to lose. So I'm a bit disappointed that her ankle is not so great. Um, yeah, look, it's one of those ones I, I think, um, look – Based on, <laughs> she's copped a lot of mentions here, but we could see we could see Habino in a third round here. <laughs> yeah, um, I love that, I love that she got so many mentions, and we didn't even talk about her because she'll be facing a qualifier. Um, there are losing, a lot of losing to a qualifier. Yeah. A lot, yeah, and I think that's the thing in that little patch there around Sabalenka. There's a few qualifiers there, and I'll be interested to see who ends up in those spots. Um, yeah, look, Rybakina, you know, it's, it's hard to know with Pharaoh whether she's She's fit or not. You can maybe make a case for Tick, but, you know, the fact that she'd have to face Rybikina in the third round is a little bit off-putting there. Um, yeah, look, there's not a lot that's really exciting, and I think it comes back again to looking at that quarter. I think if Muguruza looks really good against the Dansek, then I'd probably jump into her price after round one. I don't think there's any worth doing it before round one, um, but looking at the other players around, unless Kazakina has found a new ankle, um, I'm not seeing a lot else there that's that's really jumping out to me. So fourth quarter, the names we like there, Kvitova, Mardich, and Kudermatova. Again, another nice quarter to attack because you're nice and far away from Simona Halep. What sticks out to you in this fourth quarter? I'm looking at the second half of it, and it's staring me in the face. I'm going to hate myself for saying this. Um, Ostapenko. I, she's got Brengel, and then she's got Plishka. If she takes Plishka's draw, I, I'm just looking at what who who else out of that. She's got a really good record against Plishkova on hardcore, let alone clay. Corey <laughs> doesn't even think that's funny. So she'd ha- she'd have to beat what Brengel, Plishkova. But what are we saying? Bedosa, Sloane Stevens. Uh. <laughs> I mean, look. The other one's Parmentier, probably, Jorge. Um, <laughs> now, look, it, it's, <laughs> it's, it's hard to look. It's a really tricky one because you look at it and I think, look, Kvitova's unders in the market, looking at her at the moment. The fact that she's so much shorter than Mertens blows my mind. You go through the other seeds. Lynette's not doing much. Kerber has shown nothing that makes me think that she's going to be it would blow my mind if she was the winner in a fortnight's time. Madison Keys, it's not happening. You know, Martic, yeah, maybe. I mean, I'm not going anywhere near Risk or Sloane Stevens or Plushkova. So, look, it, it it could really, I mean, maybe a segment at a really long price as like a starting point. But 
I mean, I'm, let me just have a quick look to see if she's in. She's not. She's not even in the market at Betfair. I don't think. No, we've only got fifty-one in the market, which is a bit weird. Um, yeah, look, I think that's probably attackable, and it's probably made more attackable by the fact that Halep's in the top half. It's just about figuring out who you want to attack with. And I'd probably, looking at those players, I'd probably just maybe try and grab a couple of triple-figure odds and, and 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 see what unfolds. But, look, you know, Corne, there's... There's a lot of different things when you when you think about it and you look at it. So you've got eight seeds in there. They're Kvitova, Lynette, Kerber, Keys, Martic, Risk, Stevens, and Pliskova. Like it's not, it's not right. I really only think Martic, Keys, Kvitova, and Pliskova have a chance. You can throw the other four out. Yeah, it's it's interesting, and I'd love to kind of circle back to it after the first round's done and uh-huh. just have a look at it and go, well, hang yeah. on, what what on earth has unfolded here? Because I don't think all eight seeds are still going to be there. Um, and there's a few really interesting ones. Like, you know, I, I think Plishka is vulnerable, particularly if she is injured from last week. You know, you, you look at her, you know, that little section there, I think Ostapenko could beat her on her day. I think Bedosa could beat her on her day. Um, and then, yeah, Siegmund, yeah, Kudamatova is probably why there's that appeal in, in that longer odds for her. But, yeah, look, I just don't think – I don't trust Martic enough late in slams, and I think we saw another example of that at the US Open when she lost to Putin Saber. I think she did, she gets herself into these really good positions, and she just doesn't have that killer instinct to kind of finish it off and continue. So it's, it's hard to trust her at, you know, a pretty short price as well. Yeah, they don't like each other, eh? Putin, Save, and Martic. No, 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 no. Happened again in, was it Rome? Yeah. Yeah, there was no racket tap after that one. Yeah. They Ooh. both went right to their bench. Martic picked up her bag, put on her mask, and said, see ya. That is the, the if there's one thing I miss from pre-COVID tennis, it's salty handshakes at the end. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's not the same with a racket tap. Although the, I think there was another one, was it? Was it Martin Kova or was it Herzog who did the the air swing underneath? I think it was Bedosa the <laughs> other week because they've been arguing. So she just went for the air swing and completely missed her racket. So there's been a few good ones, but it's, it's not quite the same as some of those peak, you know, Putin Saber ones from 2019. Yeah, the good no look handshakes. Yeah. All right, gentlemen. I think hey, there's... so I have one more question before we wrap up, and it's it's Please. kind of based off you guys uh, having fun with me on on liking Garbine's odds. So I remember you had a lot of fun. What, who who did you have uh, in the U.S. Open? You you know you get the who will go farther, noops that you were really sweating. It's Dazarenka. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. I was thinking now if we had one for Pliskova and Garbine, who would each of you take to go farther? I'd, I'd, I'd go. I'd go. I'd go Garbine and just put a little, very small amount on Zdancek. That's a hedge. That's an easy hedge. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'd probably go Garbina and like, yeah, and I'd still put money on Zdancek in the first round. And I mean, it's not even a real hedge because Zdancek is value. You'd probably yeah. find value in both markets there. It's it would act as a hedge. It'd be a quasi hedge, but you wouldn't even be you wouldn't be betting Zdancek for the sole purpose of hedging that bet. Saying after this, she's she's going to cruise, right? You're you're, you're betting Zidancic because there's value at eight dollars and fifty cents on yes. Zidancic, so it, it kind I, of acts perfectly in both senses. 
and look, I, I think that's the thing. Look, I, I, I am almost certain that we will get a value price in some capacity on Ostapenko at round two against Plushkova as well. So, you think she gets past Brangle? Because I was pretty well, pretty discouraged last week. I'd I'd, I'd hope so. I'd on hope a hard so. court, maybe not. On a the only thing court, that, yeah, uh, the only thing I'm really heartened by is the screenshot that um, Noops loves to put in the chat of Jorge. Uh, does, wait, why should we not take Brangle? Because she sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she sucks. Sucks. What? Why don't you take Arena Rodionova in tennis matches? Because she sucks. <laughs> Remember when they played each other? Was that the U.S. Open? Did Arena get in as like a, a lucky loser? Yeah. And they played in the first round of a Grand Slam. And it's like, this is how you know it's COVID. When these two are both in the main drop playing each other at a Grand Slam, Brangle versus Rodionova. <laughs> I mean, I would, I would literally. That is how you torture someone. If you need information as an intel officer, you put that match on loop until they give you the information. Rodia Nova versus Brangle. Are you out of your mind? I think that's enough, folks. Yeah, I think, that's it. I think we're cooked. It is two. It is quarter to three in the morning oh. where Jorge and I are, which means it's close to midnight where Steve is, which means it's like spread. Spread oh, midnight Thank with you. me. Right, I'm sorry. Yeah. Where spread is, and it means it's, it's the middle of the fucking afternoon for Steve. Who are we know where it is? <laughs> what planet Steve on is on, folks. So thank you, thank you so much for listening, <laughs> watching. For those of you that hung out with us, we appreciate all the comments that we got. Um, you'll be able to find us in podcast form if Fred is able to stay up late enough to figure that out tonight. Uh, <laughs> at some point, you will be able to get this in podcast form. If you can, please subscribe on whatever app you're listening to us on. We'd love a rating or review. Follow us on Twitter at NetworthPod. You can look at each of our accounts individually for picks. Spread at Fred Astaire. Jorge at Jorge TWTS Tennis. We could probably even talk him into some free plays. Steve, as I mentioned, at Ace underscore Previews does some free stuff as well as myself will be posting some picks. Follow all of us. Follow the Twitter account. We'd appreciate a rating review again on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you very much. Have a great night or good morning or whatever the hell it is. Good luck this week. <laughs> Good luck in all your